You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. There has been an awakening. Have you felt it? You are listening to Star Wars The Saga Continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery and Tim Jirasi, are scouring the holonet for news and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed, so we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Always in motion is the future. This is just the beginning. You'll find out full of surprises. Not over yet. No, there is another. Chewie, we're home. Hey there, Star Wars fans, and welcome back to another episode of Star Wars The Saga Continues, your podcast for all the latest news on Star Wars Episode 7, The Force Awakens, as well as Rogue One and Battlefront and Rebels and all the other fun and awesome and new and exciting projects coming up in the Star Wars universe. Um, I think we've got a couple of big things to talk about this week. Uh, you know, nothing too major, but there, there might have been one or two tiny little things that uh, may have caused some waves um, among Star Wars fans recently. Uh, can't wait to get into all this and talk about this stuff with you. As always, I'm your host, Kyle, and I've got my co-host, Tim, with me. How's it going, Tim? Hey, Kyle. Doing pretty darn good, because I think we just came off another awesome week of Star Wars in the year of 2015, and there's been several of them this year, and I think we still got one more awesome week, maybe about two months from now, but <laughs> last week was pretty darn cool, too. So, yeah, like you said, can't wait to start talking about it. Yeah, and I don't know about just week, like, this might have been the best month of Star Wars stuff that we've had since, like, April and Star Wars Celebration. Um, yeah, that's a good point, too. Yeah, it's it, and I don't think we've recorded since, like, the beginning of the month, so we got quite a bit of stuff to cover. Uh, before we start, just a, a couple notes about some things. Um, we did try to record yesterday, or we're planning to record yesterday, and had some technical glitches with some of the the stuff I use to record our audio. So I've had to switch over to a new recording program, uh, which hopefully will work. We've done some tests and it seems to work well so far, but I haven't put it through the paces of recording a three hour Star Wars marathon yet. So we'll uh, cross our fingers and trust in the force and hope everything <laughs> works out for the best there. Um, and then also I'm recording off a new headset. So hope the audio sounds good for this. Um, I actually got the uh, the new Star Wars Battlefront limited edition uh, Turtle Beach gaming headset that just came out. Um, and man, I'm loving this thing so far. It looks cool. It feels great. It uh, I mean, the sound quality on it is pretty fantastic so far from the, the limited sample size of stuff that I've listened to because I just opened it tonight. But um, so hopefully the, the audio sounds good. You guys can maybe give us some feedback on how the technical stuff turns out for this episode but um well without further ado um we're, we're not going to jump right to the big big thing yet 
Um, but obviously a lot of the talk over the last month or so has been, when are we going to get another trailer? When are we going to get another trailer? Um, and then it kind of turned into like, oh, here's some rumors about when we might be getting a trailer and a poster the day before or whatever. Um, and so sure enough, um, Sunday and man, I can't believe it's been like over a week ago now, but, I know, right? um, so two Sundays ago, uh, was when we got the first poster for the force awakens, um, ahead of the new trailer that debuted on, uh, Monday night football. And before we, you know, obviously dive in and talk a ton about the trailer and how awesome that was, uh, let's talk about the poster first. Um, Tim, what were just some of your, your first impressions from looking at this? Yeah. First off, it's, just finally great to have a poster because I've been speculating on poster reveals for a while now, <laughs> probably for almost a good part of 2015, thinking we're going to get the actual poster release for it. So it's finally great to have it officially out there and hopefully start seeing it in movie theaters soon. But when I saw it, I, mean, I immediately liked it. it. The layout of it feels like a classic Star Wars poster would, so I didn't feel it was too different from that. And probably the only, I mean, it's a big difference, but it's not by Drew Struzan, and uh, they never officially said he was doing the poster. I mean, there was reports saying he's going to come back from retirement, because he is retired. He's not doing movie posters anymore, but it turned out it looks like he was only going to be doing the D23 exclusive, so that was a little disappointing, and it's not really like we're accustomed to such all the Star Wars posters being drawn by Struzan, and even if it's not by him, just being you know drawn by an artist, just like by hand. But this one, you could tell it's like digitally composed and stuff. But other than that, I think the layout's great. The it, Like I said, it fits with the other styles of the Star Wars posters. And you got a lot of characters on there. <laughs> I mean, this one's pretty crammed, especially in the center. You got, looks like all the major characters, some uh, one, actually two, one, one character and one object that are two new reveals that we saw on this poster. So overall, I think the design's great. And when you line up, all the previous six movie posters and you put this one right after return of the Jedi, I think it follows it nicely. So overall I was happy with it when I saw it. Yeah, I uh, totally agree. I mean, it looks super cool. I love the way that they kind of, you know, th there's an obvious divide here between sort of the light side and the dark side. Um, even though you, you know, know you, you've got a little bit of both on both sides. Yeah. But... I was going to say, I've seen a lot of people say that, but I didn't get that split divide because you got X-Wings on one side, but then you got Star Destroyers and the Falcon <laughs> via chased by TIE Fighters and stuff, and plus Stormtroopers on the bottom where the X-Wings is at. So yeah, well, like it, that split divide. Well, it, it's not so much in the sense that like all the good guys are on one side and all the bad guys are on the other side, but like half of it's blue and half of it's red. Mm -hmm. Um, and even though they mix up some of the characters and things, I mean, I think the the maybe at least the two biggest characters that stand out, well, three really, but you've got Ray right in the middle. And then on the left side, you've got Kylo Ren with the red lightsaber. And on the right side, you've got Finn with the blue lightsaber. So um, even though, you know, they didn't totally separate everything onto the two sides, there is a, a pretty clear divide there going on, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, I, I love the layout of it. Um, just the, the look of it and everything looks great. It's funny because when it first dropped, um, I think I first, you know, I might, I must've been away from home or something and, uh, was just looking at it on my phone. And, uh, you know, then I saw some people on Twitter and stuff saying like, oh man, I'm kind of disappointed. It wasn't by Drew Struzan. And I was like, oh really? Like I couldn't quite tell just from looking at it on my phone. Like it looks similar enough in style to the previous posters. Um, but then like when I got home and looked at it bigger and, you know, compared it to the other ones and stuff, I'm like, oh yeah, you can tell it's not his same art style. But, um, like you said, it, it definitely, 
evokes sort of the feel and the style of a lot of the earlier, you know, whether it be the posters or the DVD covers or whatever. Um, it, it certainly just has a, a Star Wars feel and vibe going for it. Um, which, I mean, it's hard not to have a Star Wars feel when you've got lightsabers and Han Solo and X-Wings and stuff on your poster. But, um, yeah, looking great. Um, and then, you know, so so just three um, kind of big points we wanted to talk about here um, as far as new stuff or questions that this raised and whatever. Um, the first one being, what is that spherical object behind Finn's head? Um, <laughs> which, uh, I mean... I, I think we got to assume that's Starkiller base. Um, and, and, you know, this is obviously the first time that we've seen this much of it. And uh, it's looking pretty cool. I don't know. Like, what would you think of that? Yeah, that was one of the first things that stood out to me as far as like reveals or like new appearances of something on this poster. I mean, how can you not notice that? It's right there. And yeah, I like it. I mean, I've seen a lot of, especially one of his first reveals, some complaints how, oh, it's the Death Star 3. Can't they do anything original with it and all that type of stuff? But I really liked it because we've seen the database entry on uh, StarWars.com for Starkiller Base. And it did say it's a planet that turned into a base. And this kind of fits that because we know the planet is the ice planet that we see in the trailers and some previous images with that. And even when you zoom in on the picture it does like from far back you just think oh it looks like another death star but it does look like there's a mix of like a planet with actual like machinery built into there so and we'll talk about it too with the trailer but i think it's pretty obvious what this is going to be and it goes back to some previous rumors we've heard too where the actual planet is going to be this destructive weapon that the first order has and I think that's a really cool idea to make it different enough from a Death Star, but to still have a destructive, powerful weapon that the good guys are going to need to stop and destroy, but yet have it be different than what we're used to, because it would have been pretty lazy if it was just Death Star 3. And I think even from a story standpoint, it's probably something that the First Order took into account maybe when they were developing it. Like, we can't have the same problems we had with two Death Stars got that got destroyed. I mean... How can we take it to the next level? And I think this is a pretty cool way to do that, to actually have it be part of an actual planet. So I think it looks cool, but I think the idea behind it is even cooler. So, <laughs> I mean, none of that has been officially, officially revealed, but like besides from that data bank entry, but I think it's pretty likely that that's going to be the case. And I can't wait to see it in action. Yeah, well, and, you know, just as you were talking about that, I went ahead and looked up the data bank entry Um because I remember reading this before, but I guess I didn't remember everything that it said. So, yeah, it says an ice planet converted into a stronghold of the First Order and armed with a fiercely destructive new weapon capable of destroying entire star systems. Um, so that does confirm yeah, one <laughs> rumor that we've heard, or I mean, maybe it wasn't a rumor. Maybe people had just read that on the databank entry and I had just forgotten it was there. But the fact that, you know, this doesn't just destroy planets, it destroys entire star systems. Um, and how is it going to do that? We don't know, but I mean, I would assume it would have something to do with destroying the, the star at the heart of a solar system and, uh, you know, then causing a, a big enough explosion and chain reaction to wipe out most or all of the planets in that system as well. Yeah. Um, I hope too, it's something that how it is in the poster is not how it looks all the time. Hopefully it looks like a planet where you wouldn't know there's a weapon in there and it opens up and reveals the big weapon that it's going to fire out. That could look cool visually. See it just get ready, see the planet start widening and start opening up to reveal its big beam or whatever destructive power it's going to have as it looks in the poster. 
Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I kind of have a hard time picturing it like, well, maybe it could. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm just getting a closer look here um, at the poster itself. See, it doesn't look to me like there's room for the weapon to kind of like be tucked away in there if the planet were to like close up. Um, but I mean, maybe it has some sort of blast doors or something. Um, it does look, I mean, if you look closely around sort of that middle trench section where the, where the weapon part is, it looks like there might be some sort of energy shield covering it. Although yeah. that could also just be the planet's atmosphere. Um, but it, it's cool to read that on the data bank where it says that, um, you know, they, they took over the planet, made it their base and then built a giant weapon into it. Because when I first saw this, uh, you know, my first question was like, wait, so is it like, a planet that they turned into a weapon or is it a weapon that they turned into a planet? Like, did they build another death star and then sort of like terraform an environment onto the surface of it or something? Um, but so I guess this is like a planet that they, they just built this giant weapon into. And I guess we can kind of assume that, um, there's probably some, you know, energy from the planet's core or something like that. That's, uh, you know, partially powering whatever this weapon is going to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a pretty cool idea as well. I think it's, I mean, on, on the one hand, as we were hearing rumors about this kind of stuff, you know, along the development process and whatever, um, I was like, oh, more giant super weapons. Like, do we really need that? Um, but again, you know, we know they're trying to make this feel accessible, um, to, you know, old school fans, make it feel familiar and stuff like that. Um, and you know, I, I think this is different enough that like, yeah, it is kind of the Death Star 3, but it's more original than the Death Star 2 was like <laughs> with the second Death Star. They're just like, hey, let's just build a bigger one and put an energy shield around it. And instead of a thermal exhaust port, we'll have huge construction tunnels leading into the main <laughs> reactor. You can just fly through and blow it up. Um So, yeah, this definitely looks cool. I mean, I wonder what the weakness is going to be. Um, obviously that, that sort of, there'll be no weakness. <laughs> yeah. But I mean that the big firing chamber thing looks like that could be, I mean, that's certainly wide enough. You could shoot some proton torpedoes in there and who knows what that would do. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if, you know, is the movie going to end with, uh, the planet being destroyed? Is it going to be like, are they just going to shut the weapon down? Is, you know, is there just going to be a battle over the star killer base and you, you know, the battle will resolve one way or the other, but the base itself will still be intact for future movies. Um, I mean, tons of questions there. So, um, but I mean, yeah, it definitely is an intriguing concept. Um, I mean, that was one thing I thought about too, was like, they kind of took Obi-Wan's line of like, that's no moon, that's a space station and ran with it. They're like, what if it actually was like a moon or a planet or something and a space station with a giant death laser on it? Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, you know, like I said, it, it still is a giant battle station weapon. So I don't know, maybe not the most original thing, but looks kind of like something new and exciting and hopefully something that'll scare the crap out of the good guys and you know pose a serious threat in the movie yeah no doubt i think it's gonna do that no problem yeah um and then the second thing um and this is kind of a a smaller thing but uh like you said um 
there is like an there's one unknown alien character in here. Um, and we've got Kylo Ren, we've got Ray, Finn, uh, Han, Leia, Chewie, um, Captain Phasma, and a bunch of stormtroopers, um, Poe Dameron, BB-8, R2-D2, and C-3PO, and then one small little alien-looking character who I think a lot of people are assuming is Maz Kanata, but it doesn't really look that... It doesn't look super similar to like what we've seen from some of the leaked concept art and stuff like that, so... Um, I mean, it certainly could be her. I'm not saying it's not, but I think we don't really have much to go on other than the fact that Lupita Nyong'o is, you know, that we know she's playing a, a somewhat important character in the movie and that her character is kind of the only one unaccounted for in terms of like, we don't know officially how she looks, although we don't know how Supreme Leader Snoke looks either, but, uh, I would not bet on that little guy being Supreme Leader Snoke. Um, and then of course there's, uh, the, the other two characters that aren't on this poster are General Hux and of course Luke Skywalker, which, you know, has been raising a bunch of questions from people saying, where's Luke and what's Luke doing and why isn't Luke on the poster? Um, I've heard a whole lot of people speculating that Luke is going to be the villain of this movie, um, which I, I still don't think that's going to turn out to be the case. I mean, we heard a lot of rumors about that way back when, but Mm -hmm. Um, it seems pretty clear that uh, Kylo Ren, I mean, obviously is going to be the, the main villain here. Now, could Luke possibly be a villain? Yeah, maybe. But I've also heard a lot of people thinking, you know, speculating that, oh, Luke Skywalker is Kylo Ren. Like, yeah, that's, that's why he hasn't theory. been in the trailer and stuff. Like, he's just under that mask and you can't see his face. I'm like, did you guys hear the casting announcement yeah. <laughs> where they said Adam Driver was playing Kylo Ren? Like, I guess yeah. not. Yeah, it's funny because I think, you and me and a bunch of other diehard Star Wars fans who podcast, listen to podcasts, follow the rumors and all that, where we're kind of used to that theory and rumor for almost about a year ago, I think, where we heard, oh, Luke could possibly be evil or be the villain in this movie. And then that kind of got debunked, and we've heard more rumors about Luke's role in The Force Awakens that sounded more accurate and plausible with the story. So I think we kind of got over that. And then, but just the casual fans and this casual audiences, they wouldn't know what's going on when they were following the rumors. So I think they're the ones who are bringing these theories up again where Luke's going to be evil or he's actually Kylo Ren. But as of the diehard fans, we already moved past that a while ago. And to hear it creep back up again, it kind of took by surprise. Like, uh, why are people talking about this again? We kind of already know about (laughs) that's not the case with Luke. But then I just remember, well, there's a whole group of fans who are just seeing more about the Force Awakens now with the trailer and this poster and they're getting to speculating about it and just like from some of my family members who i know who aren't like diehard star wars fans as i am and they're kind of making the same speculation luke isn't in this poster or is he i think he is he might be that bad guy because he's wearing a mask so i gotta have to correct him a little bit tell a little bit what i know like no that's not really the case but it's just kind of funny how stuff that we as diehard fans kind of put to bed and moved on from is kind of having to deal with these theories and speculation again yeah. And yeah, I mean, even the people who don't think that Luke is Kylo Ren, it's just kind of like, hmm, Luke is conspicuously absent from the poster in the trailer, which means they must be hiding some big secret about him. I bet Luke's the bad guy. And I'm like, uh, OK, that's a pretty big leap. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we'll we'll just wait and see. Obviously, yes, they're they're definitely 
hiding some stuff about Luke. I mean, there have been a couple interviews with J.J. Abrams in the past few days where he's been talking about the trailer and stuff, and people have asked him, you know, why isn't Luke in it? And all he said is, there's a reason for that. Um, so I, I think, I mean, obviously they're saving a lot of surprises for the movie still, but Luke is definitely going to be one of them. Um, but unfortunately, I think this also does kind of lend more and more uh, support to the rumor that we had heard a while back that Luke just isn't going to have that big of a role in this yeah, movie. That's how I'm viewing all um, this. Although I, I think he will buy name and reputation. I think there will be a lot of people looking for Luke Skywalker, wanting to find out more about Luke Skywalker, yeah. trying to get a hold of Luke Skywalker's lightsaber, uh, so on and so forth. And then finally, after all this buildup through the whole movie of trying to find Luke, like at the end of the movie, Luke's going to be like, hey, here I am. Um, and we <laughs> might, I, I still think we're going to see him in more than one scene in the movie because there's that shot of you know, him with R2, you know, that's been in two trailers now with him, you know, you see like the, the figure in the Jedi robe with the mechanical hand on R2-D2. Yeah. Um, now, whether that's a flashback, whether that's just like a really brief scene at the beginning of the movie or something, just to let you know that Luke is out there and, you know, you don't see him again until the end or something like that. Um, you know, who knows? But again, I, I'm just kind of, preparing myself more and more for the, the eventuality that we're just not going to see much of Luke in this movie, which is, you know, kind of weird that, uh, I mean, you think about the whole production and everything. Um, and it's like, as far as we know, Mark Hamill was on set the whole time. And it's like, that must've kind of sucked for him that, uh, it's like, yeah, Mark, you're going to be in like five minutes of the movie, but we need you to stay on set the entire time so that nobody figures out that you're only going to be in five minutes of the movie. I'm sure he didn't mind, though, <laughs> if that was the case, being on set, even though he wasn't filming anything. But you know how much he loves all that stuff. Yeah, well, that's true. And, I mean, you know, he he was probably just, like, playing around with the BB-8 props and everything yeah, the whole time. But, um, but no, yeah, I agree with you pretty much about that's pretty much what Luke is going to be in this movie. I mean, I'm kind of worried that it's going to make a lot of people upset who – like I was just saying before, who weren't following rumors and all this uh, speculation and stuff regarding Luke's role in The Force Awakens. And if they're just going expecting, oh, the big three are back in this movie, can't wait to see him. And then Luke's only in it for like the last five minutes. I just hope that doesn't turn a lot of people off and just go, oh, what a disappointment. Luke wasn't even in it. Because even if that's the case, I mean, I, we've talked about this before on this podcast, how disappointing that's going to be. But in the service of the story, I think it's going to be work really well. And especially if he's going to have a bigger role in episode eight or nine. And when you watch all three of them, like back to back, once we get them all on Blu-ray or something years from now, and it's, it's probably going to flow really nicely with the story they're going to tell in this new trilogy. So I think in the end, it'll all work out. But I just know there's probably going to be some people disappointed with that who are really looking forward to seeing Luke again. Yeah, I'm sure there will be. But at the same time, I think they're probably doing a good job of tempering people's expectations with, you know, by excluding him yeah. from the poster and the trailer. Because I think if you showed him in the trailer or if he was like front and center on the poster or something, then people would go into the movie expecting to see Luke Skywalker. And then if you don't see him until the very end or you only see bits and pieces of him throughout, you know, throughout the story, um, then people would be like, hey, man, I thought Luke was going to be in this whole thing. Um, and you know, he's, he's in it less than I expected, but I think they're kind of setting people up for that now by purposefully sort of aiming the, uh, the marketing stuff to, to make you think, or, you know, make you wonder like, where's Luke? 
um, so that you go into that, go into the movie with those questions. And I think, like I said, it's going to be the same questions that a lot of characters in the movie have. And so we're going to, you know, find all that out together. So I think that'll be pretty cool. Yeah. And man, it's going to be a great payoff when we see him in this first appearance in the movie. I mean, I just, especially how you were saying the whole movie's going to be thrust for characters are saying like, where's Luke? And they're talking about him. And while he may not be in the movie a lot, his presence is going to be felt in this movie, I think a lot. And by the time, even if it is the last five minutes or the very last scene and he shows up and whether he has a hood on and he like pulls it back to reveal himself, the theater is going to go crazy. <laughs> I mean, yeah. if there's any dialogue, we're probably not going to hear it because everyone's going to be clapping and cheering. Yeah. Unless he does actually turn out to be the bad guy, in which case there'll just be a lot of shocked people. Um, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no, I, I'm hoping that, you know, all this mystery and uh, lack of Luke will, you know, just lead to a, a big satisfying payoff. Yeah. The only thing I'm worried about is, like I said, maybe people expect him to have this big old, like, awesome action sequence where he displays his like, force abilities and stuff and blow us all away, which would be awesome to see. But I just don't think we're going to get that in this movie. Yeah. Which is just going to make waiting two years for episode eight that much worse. Because, like, if Luke does show up at the very end of this movie, you know he's going to have a a much bigger role in Episode 8, like, once they finally do find Luke and once he comes back into the fold of the story. So, yeah, yeah, man, like, I think that at this point is the thing that I'm the most disappointed about. If it does turn out that Luke is, you know, only going to be in it a very small amount, I'm like, okay, well, like you said, as long as it's in the the service of the story, like, I'm not just going to be mad that they you know, didn't include Luke in, you know, 75% of the movie, but it's just going to be like, man, now that we've finally seen him, I want to see, you know, the, the Jedi hero of my childhood yeah. <laughs> in action again. And now I got to wait two more years for it. Yeah. That's just going to make the hype for episode eight, even more greater. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and then the one other thing that I wanted to talk about with the poster, um, something else that I've seen a lot of people commenting about and speculating on is, the just sort of the the visual parallel here in this poster between Ray and Kylo Ren. Um, they're kind of facing the same way and they're holding, I mean, the just the positioning of his lightsaber and her staff, they're almost right on top of each other to the point where I've talked to a lot of people who saw this poster for the first time and at first thought that that lightsaber blade was like part of Ray's staff. And they're like, oh, what is that? Is that like some sort of new lightsaber or new energy weapon or something and then they kind of you know look at the whole picture and realize like oh that's the lightsaber that he's holding but um and you know obviously like you know like i said a, a very sort of similar um sort of posing and visual style between the two which a lot of people are are taking as um you know suggestion or evidence that there might be some sort of deep connection between these two characters um particularly you know hearing a lot of solo sibling rumors um or i shouldn't say rumors you know just speculation and stuff from people um which you know we've we've talked about before in the past but i don't know tim did this sort of reaffirm that more for you yeah it definitely did i mean i said on the previous podcast too where i'm more in the camp of moving on from them being siblings, but I like the idea of them actually being cousins where one of them, where I think Ray is going to be Luke's daughter and maybe Kylo Ren is Han and Leia's son. Even if I just want that family connection. And I think that this poster kind of just adds more evidence to that. I mean, and also too, from, cause you were 
Finn and Ray have been the two protagonists who've been, you know, at the forefront of like the promotional stuff or almost to a point where you kind of thought maybe they would both have like the same billing as both of them were the main protagonists. But I think now it's pretty clear with the poster and even with the trailer that Ray is the main protagonist of this well, definitely this movie, and I think probably the whole sequel trilogy too. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's right front and center of the poster. But then you got Kylo Ren, like you said, almost running this parallel to or almost the same pose. And like you said, though, with the lightsaber and her staff, I mean, they didn't, this didn't happen by accident, <laughs> the design of this poster. The pe- people who behind it, who designed it, knew what they were doing, knew how they wanted to position the characters. So, yeah, there's just something there. And yeah. E- even from a small visual point, the kind of, not throw me off, but took me a little bit by surprise with Kylo Ren. Most of the, or a lot of the Star Wars posters, the main bad guy, his face is like front and center, kind of looking at you, not to the side like Kylo Ren is, kind of like Darth Maul in the episode one poster and Darth Vader in episode three, where they're just really straight and center, they're looking at you. I was kind of expecting that with Kylo Ren, but this one, like I said, it's different where he's looking towards the side and just like with Rey is. So there's just too much of a parallel between them in this poster to be a coincidence. So yeah, to answer your question, yes, I think it just adds more to that where they're going to be somehow related. Yeah. And you know, it's funny because you, you said like you originally thought they were siblings and now you're thinking like, Oh, maybe not necessarily siblings, but maybe, um, you know, cousins or something like you think they're related somehow. And I'm kind of the, I'm almost kind of flipped on that, like almost the opposite to the point where, you know, originally everybody's like, oh, they're brother and sister. And I'm like, eh, maybe I think there's some connection there. Like they could be siblings. They could be cousins. They could be childhood friends, you know, whatever. There, there's just some sort of relationship there. And now I'm kind of more and more thinking like, you know what? They're probably going to be brother and sister. <laughs> um I mean, you know, I'm not going to like say a hundred percent for sure, but um I mean, just based on some interviews and stuff that we've heard from people saying, you know, talking about how this movie is going to carry on sort of the the family dynamic um, that Star Wars has had in the past. It's like, obviously, and we'll talk about this again with Ray when we get to talking about the actual trailer. Um, at this point, I am 99.9% sure <laughs> that, no, you know, I'm just going to say I'm 100% sure. She's either, uh, she she's the daughter of either Luke or Leia. Um, you know, she is going to be the next one in the Skywalker, uh, you know, carrying the torch of the Skywalker family in this uh, sequel trilogy. Um, Agreed. And as for Kylo Ren, like, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, just based on little clues and stuff. I mean, I think Adam Driver said something about siblings in an interview. Um, yeah. I, I should check oh, with our yeah. friend Paul because he's been... I know after, like after, I think either after the poster or after the trailer, he just went on like a rant on Twitter and posted like, you know, was laying out all his evidence for why he thought Ray and, uh, and Kylo were siblings. And a lot of it, I was like, oh yeah, I hadn't really thought of that before. Or I remember reading that interview, but I forgot that they said that. Um, and so I I think the signs are, are starting to point more and more towards that. Um, which is cool because again, um, you know, this is all kind of familiar ground in Star Wars. Like we've had main characters end up being brother and sister. We've had, uh, you know, a family connection between the main hero and the main villain before, but we've never had the main hero and the main villain be brother and sister. So um, that's something that could definitely put a a new twist on it. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm super excited to see how that plays out. Um, 
I mean, I've said before, Kylo Ren is like the character that I'm most looking forward to seeing going into this movie. Um, just finding out more about his his backstory and the Knights of Ren and seeing his his characteristics and his mannerisms and his personality and all that kind of stuff. But um, I mean, I think Ray is is creeping up my list as well as Finn, because I, I mean, I want to see how he goes from being. Uh, a stormtrooper to being a lightsaber wielding hero. I, I still am like, does he have the force or is he just picking up the lightsaber to fight Kylo and hoping he knows what he's doing with it? Um, but I, I definitely can't wait to find out, uh, you know, Ray's connection to the Skywalker family and uh, her connection to Kylo Ren and see where everything's going to go from there. So, um, yeah, see, that that was like 30 minutes of speculation and stuff that we got just from one new poster. But, know. <laughs> uh, you know, man, it's just that much cool stuff and, you know, good stuff to, to talk about and speculate about. Yeah. One last thing I want to mention about it um, was just how the cast is listed on the actual poster, which um, we know. I mean, you got Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill, and Carrie Fisher. And I think when you see Mark Hamill in there, part of me thought, oh, wait, so that means he is going to have a bigger role than we think in The Force Awakens. But I just think, you know, they're the big three. They're going to get top billing, especially, you know, Harrison Ford is Harrison Ford. But what stood out to me was that first billing of the new cast is Adam Driver. Then you got Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, and Oscar Isaac. And we know that the big three that are heroes in this movie are going to be Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, and Oscar Isaac and their characters. But... I think the three main characters, new characters, this is going to be Adam Driver now with Kylo Ren and Rey and Finn. Because I was actually pretty surprised that Adam Driver got top billing as far as the new cast goes in here. So while he is a bad guy in this movie, I think he's going to be a big central character throughout the, for this story, which makes me think where that... I know there has been some concern or worry that hopefully he won't be killed off, kind of like similar to Darth Maul, and even how Darth Maul was handed handled in episode one where he didn't have a big role. I don't think you have to worry about that at all. I mean, just from what we got in this new trailer, and then, like I said, Adam Driver getting top billing here, Kylo Ren's going to be a pretty big, important character to this story, which I think is great. I mean, like you were just talking about, can't wait to find out more about him, his connection with Rey, his like heritage of his parents, <laughs> hopefully that we've been specula speculating on who they can be. So it's just going to be fascinating to see it all play out when we're actually seeing the movie, because I actually think that he might be the main character of the movie, even though he's a bad guy. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, no, I mean, I completely agree with you there. Um, I don't know about him necessarily being the main character, but I, I definitely think he's going to be, um, you know, it, this is not going to be a repeat of Darth Maul where, yeah. um, you know, you, uh, or he shows up once and, you know, then gets, gets killed off. I, I think there's a, very likely chance that Kylo Ren is going to survive this movie and go on to the following movies. But I think even if he gets killed off in this movie, no one's going to say like, oh man, he was only on screen for like 10 minutes and had a couple of fight scenes and then he was gone. Um, obviously from his prominence in the poster and the trailer and all the, the marketing materials. I mean, if you go into a store and they've got a star Wars display, uh, it's going to have a picture of Kylo Ren on it. Like they're, they're obviously pushing this guy big time. Um, and I think I've said before, like part of that is obviously just the, the fact that the, the mask and the red lightsaber just kind of stand out and are almost immediately iconic. And so, um, you know, people sort of are able to make that connection, but at the same time, um, well, because they did that with Darth Maul for, for the Phantom Menace too. He was on all the action figure packaging and stuff too, but still like at the same time, um, 
I don't know. I, I definitely get the feeling that there's going to be a lot to this guy, that there, he's going to be a pretty complex character. And especially, I mean, if he ends up being Ray's brother, then, I mean, there's just sort of some built-in character development right there for him as you're exploring her background and character development and stuff. So um, definitely think he's going to be a, a cool and interesting and, uh, you know, deep character with a lot to him. Um, that said, I also think as far as the poster and the, the billing and stuff goes, um, I'm going to pull up an image of this on my phone here so I can zoom in and see where all the names are at. But I think from a, like from an aesthetic point of view, I think you want to have the names of the big three all together. So like you've got Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, and then the last name on that line is Adam Driver. Um, and then on the next line, they start with Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, Oscar Isaac. So I think part of it has to do with, you know, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think Adam Driver is going to have a very big, very prominent role in this movie. Um, but at the same time, I think they also probably stuck him up there just because like, okay, that's one standalone main character that we can like add at the end of this line here. And then we'll put the new big three together to start the next line rather than have like, you know, Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, Daisy Ridley, next line, John Boyega, Oscar Isaac, and so on and so forth. Um, See, that, that makes sense, but I don't want to think of it like that now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's because he's the main character of the movie, even though he's a bad guy. That's what I want to believe. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, he... I still don't think he's going to be the main, main character. Um, and I think we'll see that from the trailer, which we'll talk about in a minute, but uh, Ray's going to be the main character. Yeah, but um, Suspiciously absent, I thought, was Gwendolyn Christie's name on here, especially when Captain Phasma is like right in the center <laughs> on the poster. Which yeah, is a awesome shot. I love how she's posted there, but like, where's Gwendolyn Christie on there? Yeah, um, I mean, obviously, she must have like just missed it, um, because yeah, I mean, they've got all the other major characters on there, or you know, all the other major actors that we know of, um, but I mean, and even. even Max von Sydow, we still don't know who he's playing yet. Yeah. Well, see, I'm not surprised that they included him on the poster just because of, you know, him being a, a actor of his stature, you yeah, know, who's true. been in the business for so long and everything. Um, I don't think he's going to even have that big of a role in the movie. I think it'll be a small but important role. Um, but even to include like Anthony Daniels and uh, I mean, I'm not surprised that they included Peter Mayhew because um, I think Chewie is going to play a a pretty big part in the movie um you know just because we know harrison ford's gonna have a, a very big role from what we've seen um and you know chewie will be there with him but um yeah again i i think anthony daniels is only on there because he's part of the returning cast nothing that we've seen so far makes me think that r2d2 and c3po are gonna have very big parts at all i think they're gonna kind of just yeah. be there because it's a star wars movie and r2d2 and c3po have to be in it um so, you know, I'll, I mean, I'll be surprised if he has more than a few lines and I think he's just going to be kind of there with Leia at the Resistance headquarters or whatever they're doing. Because, um, I mean, kind of the same way that, uh, you know, they're going to be focusing on the new, uh, the big, the, sort of the new big three um, of characters and, you know, not quite as much on the uh, the big three from the original trilogy. It definitely seems like BB-8 is going to get a lot more focus in this movie than R2 yeah. and 3PO as far as the droids are concerned. So They should say on there too, uh, BB-8 as himself or something like that. They, like they, they do should Java. do that. <laughs> <laughs> they should definitely do that for episode eight because, um, I mean, it, it, I, I think we might have talked about this before, but like 
uh, having read that article that they posted on StarWars.com about how they made BB-8 and everything, like for Episode Seven, they still had to use a few different versions of BB-8 models and stuff that had to be built for different functionalities and things like that because they didn't have that one, um, you know, all-purpose droid yeah. that could like do everything. But then they built that just sort of for their own fun and curiosity and to do it for the fans. And that was the one that we saw rolled out at uh, celebration. Um, but I would assume that they're maybe going to keep working on that further and that maybe that'll just be the one that they use for uh, episode eight. So um, if they've just got one BB eight droid that rolls around and does whatever they want it to do on set. Um, I mean, obviously it's still remote controlled. We're not talking about like a fully functional AI droid here, but still, <laughs> not <yet>. um, <laughs> yeah, not yet. Um, but yeah, so um, I don't know, maybe, maybe he'll be on the, get a credit on the poster for episode eight <laughs> as himself. That would be awesome. Uh, It'll still probably say that in the credits for the movie. Yeah, just somewhere. That's, he has to get some type of credit on there. Yeah, but um, all right. Well, I think we've talked the trailer or the, the poster to death enough. Um, Unless there was anything else you wanted to add for that, Tim. Um, nope, I think that was pretty much it. Yeah, the credits were the last thing I wanted to talk about. I just found it to be interesting where different actors were placed on there. We'll see if it amounts to <laughs> my theories, but I thought it was something to be brought up. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll see. So, like I said, certainly, you know, plenty to talk about just from that poster. But um, without further ado, let's just get to uh, the t- the biggest movie trailer of... I don't know, all time maybe. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was a pretty big deal for that Phantom Menace trailer, I got to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know about all time. I don't know the exact numbers and stuff like that. But, um, I mean, man, when was the last time they debuted a, a Star Wars trailer during Monday Night Football? Um, <laughs> Any you know, trailer, really. Try, try, yeah, trying to build that much of an audience for it. I mean, I guess it didn't seem that out of place because um, – you know, you usually see a bunch of new movie trailers pop up during the Super Bowl. Um, but for like a random Monday night football game in October for them to, you know, take over with all this Star Wars talk and everything. And then they didn't just I mean, I was expecting them to just have it during a commercial break. Um, but uh, man, I mean, we had so much fun watching this thing. It was you, me and our buddy Paul. We were all sitting there on Skype watching the football game live on our TVs, not paying any attention to the football game like I could not tell you who won that game or, you know, any of the plays that happened or anything. Cause the, I mean, I, I watched maybe, I don't know, the last five or 10 or yeah, probably just like the last five minutes of it or so before halftime. Cause that's when they were playing the trailer. Um, and, uh, yeah, the only thing I was paying attention to was how much time was left on the clock. Cause I just wanted it to be halftime already, but yeah, there was two things. You're right. Paying attention just to, see that clock run out but i think too especially for me and paul we were trying to get tickets before <laughs> the oh that too. well yeah that was the other thing we were all expecting the tickets to go on sale after like as soon as the trailer dropped but the, i mean i don't even know at what point they went on sale but you know around yeah. maybe like four or five o'clock or something it was just like oh star wars tickets are on sale now um and I mean, if you were one of the lucky few who managed to find out right away and get your ticket before Fandango and the IMAX website and all these other online movie websites just started crashing and shutting down and getting slow and clogged up and everything, then bravo for you. Um, but Tim, I, I think we both have our, our Star Wars tickets now, right? Yes, I can officially say I have Star Wars tickets. Well, not 
literally in my hand at this moment, but <laughs> they're safely uh, put away in my Star Wars tin box <laughs> waiting yeah. for December 17th. Yeah, and my dad actually ended up getting ours because um, like I was on – I was trying to get through on my computer, you know, I'm refreshing website tabs and everything and nothing was working. I'm trying to use the Fandango app on my phone and it was working. I was able to get through, but it wasn't showing me any show times for the force awakens. And I have an iPhone. My dad's got an Android. He was using the Android app. And for whatever reason, he could see the show times on there and then was giving me endless grief about how our ah, Android's better. And I got the tickets <laughs> first. And ah, ha, 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 ha. Um, I'm like, yeah, whatever dad, but you got the star Wars tickets. So I guess you're pretty cool. Um, so yeah, that was fun slash stressful slash irritating for a lot of people. I know. Um, yeah, it's, it was weird because it's like, you feel like you're not going to get them because the site's not working and you're hearing other people getting them like, Oh shoot, am I not going to get it in time? Am I going to miss opening day? But it's kind of, it's got to take a step back and realize, no, there's going to be plenty of showing because the theater I got mine at my local one, they're pretty much having showings at every screen starting at 7 PM for that. That's like, oh yeah. All they're going to show on Thursday night. So while it took me a while to get them, I didn't get them to like 10 30 that night, way after the trailer debuted. And then, safely got because i kept getting error messages when i'm like at different spots okay how many tickets do you want okay i'm gonna get two that gets approved then I'm like about to enter my credit card information then it would freeze and it would go back to step one get to <laughs> step three but then it'll freeze and go back to step one again so finally got everything confirmed at like around 10 30 and then the next day i just went to the theater where i'm gonna see it at and picked them up and boy i can't tell you what a great feeling it was actually holding those tickets in my hands for a new star wars movie it was just so cool and now we just gotta wait to play the calendar out for the next uh little under two months but it's just great feeling knowing that i do have them yeah now what uh what format are you going to see it in i'm just going with the basics just regular 2d screening oh okay yeah so i went with the the seven o'clock imax 3d for you know, that opening night, um, which again, I'm glad we were able to get through. Cause that was, I mean, we got it probably, I don't know, around six 30 or seven or something like that. Um, and then I checked again later that night around, you know, 10 30 or so. And like the seven o'clock and the 10 30 showing were both sold out. Man. So <laughs> I'm like, man, glad we got those when we did. Um, yeah, I think those are the ones you had to be concerned about selling it out real fast. Like the IMAX 3d screenings at yeah. seven o'clock. Yeah, because, I mean, I don't know of any theaters that have multiple IMAX screens, or there might be some big ones that have maybe, like, two or three, but um, I know at my local theater, it's just, it's not even, like, the real big IMAX, it's just sort of one of the, it, it was a normal theater, and they converted it to an IMAX, so it's got the really good IMAX surround sound, but the screen isn't that much bigger, um, but it's only got the one of those there, so, like, I knew that one was going to be going fast. Um so. I've already I've already asked my boss if I can just take the 17th off from work because I'm going to probably get in line around noon and <laughs> make sure I you. get a good seat for that. Yeah. So, <laughs> Yeah, it's like what time are you actually going to head out and wait in line? I, you were pretty much on the same page as I was. I was thinking like at noon or something like that. Yeah, although I mean I say noon. It'll probably be a little afternoon because realistically like I'll probably just get some lunch or something and you know when I'm done with lunch get in line around um, – I don't know, maybe one, one thirty, something like that. Um, yeah, I think or I'd be too excited to eat. <laughs> yeah, or just go with a bunch of people. And I mean, the the theater that I'm going to is in a mall, so we could all you know grab our spots in line, and then like one person at a time just yeah, go eat lunch in the food court or something like that. Um, but either way, yeah, super exciting. Um, I am gonna check the countdown on my phone real quick. 
on the Star Wars app, which, by the way, um, this app has added a whole bunch of new animated GIFs from the new trailer and from some Season 2 Rebels stuff, and I've been having a blast with that. So, um, let's see. We've got 20 days left till Star Wars Battlefront and 51 days till The Force Awakens. Man. <laughs> Man, it so is close. so close. Um which, I mean, 50 days isn't really that close. But when we've been doing this podcast for almost three years now yep. <laughs> um, and looking back on how far we've come and how long we've waited, it's like, man, down to almost the last 50 days, like that is nothing. And it's going to fly by so fast. And I just uh, can't wait. I know. It's like we didn't even – it feels weird even being this close now. I can't even imagine when we're actually on the day of release. I mean, it's going to feel so – Weird, but yet so awesome. Yeah, I think that whole week I'm just going to be like running in circles. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and like, I don't even wear a watch, but I'll be wearing a watch that week and like counting down every <laughs> second that ticks by. See, but that might make it go by slower though. It sure. probably will, but I won't be able to focus on anything else. <laughs> so, helped you get through. Anyway, back to the trailer. Um, oh, yeah, that thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I was saying, you know, we were sitting there watching Monday Night Football, waiting for the halftime show. I was expecting them to just play it during a commercial break um, like they normally would for the Super Bowl. But, you know, they were doing like the halftime show. It went to a commercial break. I'm waiting for the trailer. Then they come back from the halftime or from the commercial break. Um, and I was like, oh, no, man, just like stay on the commercials till we see the trailer. Um, but then they actually like set it up on the, um, you know, they introduced it on the the Monday Night Football show. Um, so that was pretty cool. And, you know, even they had like the announcers on there and stuff talking about like, oh, this is going to be a big moment that a lot of you out there have been waiting for and it's something special. Um, and then, of course, they showed the trailer, which was just magnificent. <laughs> um, man, I mean... That was just I mean, so much cool stuff. Like, yeah, like I, <laughs> I was, I, I was not disappointed in the least. Um, I mean, I, I guess, well, okay. There were, I mean, two maybe things that I was maybe a little bit disappointed by. One obviously was the lack of Luke, but that wasn't like super disappointing because again, it just sort of reaffirmed the fact that, okay, obviously Luke wasn't supposed to be in here. There's some big secret or he's just not going to be in the movie that much. And, you know, we, we're just going to have to wait for that Luke reveal when we see the movie. Um, the other thing, um, and you know, I, I'm just getting my little nitpicks out of the way here first, because this was, I mean, this trailer was so perfect in every way that the only thing I can find to nitpick about is that there's a scene where an X-Wing is shooting down a TIE fighter and the laser cannons on the X-Wing sound like the laser cannons on Slave 1. <laughs> um, in, from the asteroid field chase in episode two, which is a cool sound effect. But I, I mean, I, it was like, I was like racking my brain all night going, man, that does not sound like an X-Wing shooting. What does that sound like? And I was like, oh, that sounds more like slave one. So I don't know if the new X-Wings like have a, a different sound effect for the lasers and it just sounds similar to slave one. And, you know, I just picked up on it from that one shot or if that was just like some temporary sound effects that they put in, um, just for, for the sake of getting the trailer done. Um, I'm sure it's not really going to bug me when I see the movie, but that was the only thing I could pick up. So back uh, to the good stuff. The Netflix um, only us nerds can find. <laughs> yeah, exactly. See, um, my only other one besides, like you said, was hoping for a little, like one shot of Luke, but if not, like, yeah, just like you said, not that big of a deal, but I was hoping for a little more Captain Phasma, as you would obviously guess. I was hoping for a, a, like an action shot, like scene with her and just to hear some dialogue from her, but we're just, 
they're just going to save it from when they actually see the movie and I'm going to be amazed. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure with... I mean, even even if she doesn't do anything cool in the movie, she okay. still earns points in my book just from <laughs> having just for having armor that looks that cool. But I'm sure we're going to see her do some cool stuff in the movie. Yeah, um, but um, yeah, so, okay, we're going to do... Or, you know, sort of our, our trailer discussion here a little bit differently than we did for the last one. We're not going to sit here and go through like shot by shot and dissect everything, um, mainly because we've already done that. We we sort of did that live by ourselves, um, just watching the trailer for the first time and geeking out about it. And I'm like, that was a really long discussion that I don't necessarily want to have that exact same discussion over again. But I also thought it might be fun to just kind of go through. We both got a list of like... Um, our favorite moments and scenes and shots from the trailer and things we thought were cool, things we thought raised some questions, um, just sort of things we want to talk about, things we think people might have missed. Um, so we're just going to kind of go through and uh, talk about some of our highlights here. And in doing that, we'll probably talk about just about everything from the trailer anyways. <laughs> probably. Um, so yeah, don't worry. This isn't going to be like a quick 10-minute discussion where we just rattle off like a top three favorite trailer moments list. Um but I think I just got to start with um, something I wasn't expecting to see in the trailer, and that was the Knights of Ren. Um, oh, boy. <laughs> and I mean, if you, if you didn't realize or, you know, if you don't realize what we're talking about here, it's that shot. Uh, it's well, it's two shots back to back, but it's pretty much the same shot. Just one is like zoomed in a little bit closer than the, the first one. Um, and it's Kylo Ren standing there in the rain with his lightsaber ignited. It's dark and he's surrounded by, um, I don't know, maybe half a dozen other, you know, sort of armor clad, uh, warriors wearing masks similar to his. And immediately I, you know, I, you know, we don't have confirmation that this is the Knights of Ren, but just looking at it, I was like, oh crap, those are the Knights of Ren that, you know, we've heard yeah. about, but <laughs> haven't seen much about. It's like knowing that Kylo is part of some new order that, uh, that we haven't seen before. And, knowing that his mask is somehow tied to that, seeing him standing with a group of other, uh, you know, scary looking dudes with similar looking masks. I'm like, who else could it be? Um, so a couple things to note here. Um, one, if you pause it on that first shot where it's a little bit wider and you can see some of the ground around them, they're surrounded by several, what looks like dead bodies. Um, so obviously, and you know, with Kylo standing there with his lightsaber, you, you can kind of maybe infer that he's just killed a bunch of people, uh, possibly Jedi, but uh, we don't know that for sure. Um, so, I mean, that was something notable there. And then also um, the fact that, I mean, I guess, Tim, I don't know if you thought this, but when we first heard of the Knights of Ren, I just sort of assumed that this was going to end up being a group similar to the Sith, where these guys were going to be, you know, force users, dark side users. Um, that they were maybe all going to have, you know, various different lightsabers and things like that. Um, and so when I saw Kylo standing here with his lightsaber ignited and, you know, with nobody else, I was like, oh, maybe it's some sort of initiation or something where he's just had to execute somebody or he's just had to prove himself in battle or something like that. And the rest of them didn't need to get their lightsabers out. But then looking at it more closely, Several of those guys standing around him, some of them have um, what looks like either, you know, like staff weapons, kind of like what Ray has, or uh, some of them look like they're um, even holding blasters. Yeah. So I was like, oh, maybe I had this thing all wrong. Maybe this isn't like, 
you know, a new group of guys trying to be the Sith. Maybe this is just some kind of group of warriors or mercenaries or something like that. Um, probably all highly skilled, highly trained, obviously, especially if those really are the bodies of Jedi scattered around them, um, to be, you know, wielding just a, a blaster or a, a staff or some other kind of melee weapon that's not a lightsaber and be able to kill a Jedi. Like, you gotta be really good. Um, and so... I don't know, I kind of saw it in a whole new light and, you know, that opened up a whole bunch of new stuff to to think about and speculate about, like, is Kylo the leader of these guys and he's the only one that has the, the force and the lightsaber and everything? Or is he still sort of like a, a younger newcomer kind of guy, um, but is someone who, you know, immediately makes an impact and proves himself because he's the only force sensitive one in the group? Um or, you know, the, the other thing too, like, is this a flashback scene? Is this something that we're going to actually see take place in the timeline of the movie? Um, so man, I mean, like I said, lots of questions there. Um, and this kind of, this trailer kind of did that with a few things that, uh, I mean, it showed us some stuff that we'd been looking forward to seeing, but it also kind of, in some cases raised more questions than answers. Um, but I think it, that just, uh, you know, even more so did the job of getting people excited and making them want to see the movie. Like you want people going in with questions. You don't want to tell them everything through the trailers. Exactly. Um, but, but that, yeah. I mean, that was, I mean, like I said, we'll, we'll talk about a bunch of other stuff here, but that was, uh, I guess if I had to pick just one thing that stood out to me the most, because we've heard about this, these Knights of Ren and, uh, you know, obviously hadn't really seen anything other than maybe a couple pieces of elite concept art or something. Um, to suddenly see, like, I was not expecting to see those guys in the trailer at all. I wasn't even sure we were going to see them in the movie. Um, I, I thought we would maybe just hear as, you know, as part of Kylo's backstory or something that he was part of this group and maybe see like one or two of them or something. Um, and then that we, we'd maybe see more of them later on in episode eight or something like that. But, um, and you know, even if we were going to see all of them in the, in the movie, I was not expecting that shot from the trailer. So that was one of the coolest things to me. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it was a standout shocking moment in the trailer. Just like pretty much had the same reaction you did where you see them and you're just like going, oh, man. And, but you immediately think that's the Knights of Ren because that's the first thing that popped in my head, too. But what's great about this, just two quick shots. It might be like the quickest shots in the actual trailer. But when we were like going over and dissecting it with Paul, each of us brought in our own like speculation ideas, what actually could be taking place here, which was awesome. I mean. You mentioned well, what you thought. Maybe this is like an initiation uh, for Kylo Ren, and he has to prove himself by taking down uh, these, I don't know if they're Jedi or just these enemies of the Knights of Ren. Then Paul had an idea, well, maybe this is a flashback, and that's not actually Adam Driver as Kylo Ren, but maybe the first Kylo Ren, like way back, but then uh, Adam Driver's character takes on like the his name and his identity and all that. And then I was thinking this actually, maybe it is, or I, I do think it is, there's not going to be like, two different Kylo Ren's, I think it's all going to be Adam Driver. But I'm thinking maybe the Knights of Ren, like you said, they are obsessed with obsessed with maybe Darth Vader or uh, just the Force or the Dark Side, but yet they're not Sith. And maybe not all of them are all, are all Force-sensitive. And maybe Kylo Ren shows up as like the first one who is Force-sensitive, and they kind of look towards him as maybe their chosen one, for a lack of better words. And he has he's the only one with the lightsaber. Maybe he's the only one who, who can use the Force. So they kind of look to him as their leader. So... Tons of stuff you can speculate on. I mean, like you said, it's just great going into it, not knowing exactly what, but just visually, it's such a striking scene with the rain, the dark tone of it, seeing more cool helmeted characters. I mean, there was a shot, the one 
on the the one character on the far left, at least someone zoomed in on an image, and it does look like it it's a Mandalorian helmet on there. Which, if that's the case, that's pretty awesome too. Where maybe it's just a group who come together, but yet they have their own different backgrounds and they have their own different like cultures and stuff they bring to their appearances and their helmets and their looks. So, yeah, the Knights of Renard is so fascinating. They were when JJ first revealed it, and now that looks like we've finally seen a shot of them. This man, I can't wait to find out more. And like you said, <laughs> wasn't even expecting to maybe see him in the movie. But now that we do have the shot, I still think we're not going to get like the full backstory and like everything that goes behind this group. So it's probably going to be told in a book or some type of story, which I just can't wait for. I mean, even if they want to do an anthology movie just on the Knights of Red, I think that'd be great to find all this stuff out too. But yeah, it's just, it was just definitely a highlight of the trailer to say the least. Yeah, for sure. I will say that one shot you were talking about where somebody zoomed it in and it looked like one of them was wearing a Mandalorian helmet. Um, I've also seen some people saying that they thought that was photoshopped, um, which I think could be possible because... Yeah, surprise me. <laughs> the, well, see, the, the zoomed in picture, obviously it looks like a Mandalorian helmet, but then looking for looking at the, the regular shot from the trailer, I'm like, I just don't see enough detail there that you could zoom in and suddenly see a Mandalorian helmet. Like, the one that they were zooming in on, I'm like, that looks pretty fuzzy in the, um, you know, in the actual like shot from the trailer itself before you zoom in on it or whatever. And, you know, this isn't like CSI where you can do, you know, zoom in and enhance, um, <laughs> you know, trust me, being someone who works in video, like that stuff is completely bogus. Um, there's only so much you can do with pixels. Yeah. But even if it's not, I just give us more different helmeted characters in the star Wars universe. <laughs> you can never run out of like, cool looking character designs and oh absolutely bring it on yeah um all right so uh tim why don't you go ahead and uh, follow up with your next point yeah so probably the highlight for me and my favorite moment of the trailer i would say not from a visual standpoint but from a story context is where we get that shot of kylo ren just uh, zoomed in on his cool helmet and he's saying the line you know i will finish what you started and i mean knowing some previous uh, rumors and stuff i wasn't too surprised to see who he's talking to was the darth vader helmet in this trailer but still seeing that actually play out in this trailer it blew me away i just loved it i mean just the whole context of Darth kylo ren's being this person who was obsessed with darth vader and is trying to carry on the legacy that darth vader started i mean hearing him say those words and then having the next shot actually be that shot we saw in celebration of Darth Vader's helmet it actually made me think you know what as cool as it was seeing that Darth Vader helmet all busted up in the second teaser I think it would have had an even bigger like more cooler effect if this was the first time we saw that shot because you just see Kylo Ren talking and you're probably wondering okay who's he talking to and then you see that shot of Vader's helmet for the first time I think I just would have had a more of a geek out reaction <laughs> if that was the first time I saw it yeah but, that is true yeah but just like I said that shot of Kylo Ren just looks like he's sitting down or maybe even kneeling to it I and mean, he doesn't have his cloak on it's just his helmet and just his regular uniform and it looks great though i mean i know you and paul are the main kylo ren guys i love that mask <laughs> i can't deny how awesome it is though. <laughs> even though i'm more on the phasma camp this is still such a cool looking character design so seeing that awesome shot and then topping it off with the dialogue that he says being with vader involving vader it just that uh, still sticks out to me when I see the trailer and still gives me goosebumps because just the legacy that Darth Vader is carrying on even 30 years after his death, his presence is still going to be felt here, which I think how it's how it should be, starting with Anakin in the prequels as the chosen one. If you're the 
if you were born through the force, I mean, <laughs> your presence is going to be long lasting to way after your death. So I just love that idea that Darth Vader's legacy is still carrying on through Kylo Ren. So and mm. I just can't wait to see what, how much he interacts with that helmet and just how much he is going to be obsessed with Darth Vader. It's just uh, like we're talking about with the poster. It's going to be fascinating to see what Kylo Ren's story, how it actually folds out in the movie. Yeah. And of course, I think this also has to add more fuel to the fire of, you know, the rumors of him also being part of the Skywalker family, mm-hmm. because, I mean, he could just be some devotee of the dark side who, you know, really looked up to Vader um, or, you know, was was fascinated by him and wants to find out more about him and wants to carry on what he started and, and all that kind of stuff. But I think it just adds that much more to it if he's related to him, um, yep. you know, and, and he could be just sort of the one uh you know, the Skywalker or solo child who, um, you know, kind of deviated from the rest of the family, you know, uh, the rest of them, um, were so focused for so long on overthrowing Vader and the emperor. And then Luke was of course the one to, um, be like, you know, Hey, well, he's my father. I'm going to try to redeem him, but still, you know, trying to move on from, from what he did. Um, obviously, you know, Luke is trying to bring the Jedi back and be part of the light side. And, um, you know, we would assume that Leia is kind of going along with that. I don't know how much her force sensitivity or, or Jedi potential or anything like that will play a part in this movie. But, um, obviously the, these are, uh, you know, four sensitive characters firmly entrenched on the light side. And then, you know, Kylo could be like the rebellious child. That's like, yeah, but grandpa was like the greatest Sith Lord mm-hmm. who ever lived. Like, I want to be more like that. And you know, kind of going off and, uh, trying to, you know, continue the whole Vader legacy. So, um, yeah, I mean, definitely, I mean, like we, we've already said, just something that's going to be so cool to see and, and so interesting to find out more about. And yeah, I mean, I, I already said it, but I, I just love the visual design of that character and the mask and the lightsaber and everything. And just that, that shot with the close up on the mask, um, where, you know, you, where you hear him saying that, um, was just, I mean, I'd say that's one of my favorite moments from the trailer, but like probably 70% of the shots in the trailer were one of my favorite parts of the trailer, (laughs) but this was definitely a a highlight and a standout for me as well, even though, you know, you don't really see much happening or anything like that. Um, but just seeing that mask up close and hearing him talk for the first time. And then yes. of course, you know, seeing the, the Vader connection there. Um, yeah. I think he sounds really cool too. I mean, they didn't go full on like copying Darth Vader's voice effect, but you could still tell it has like that sound you would expect from someone who's wearing that mask and it still sounded cool. And Adam driver has a deep voice on its own too. So I think it, this is natural voice fits perfectly to what they're going with and what we heard in the trailer. It, his voice matches what I expected to be from looking at all those images of him for so long. So I think it sounds really cool too. Yeah. And I mean, it's not quite as much of like a, an intimidating and threatening and, you know, menacing voices like Darth Vader or even kind of the, like the menacing snarl that, uh, that Darth Maul had. But, um, I still think it works. I I think Kylo is going to turn out to be a bit more of like, I don't know, maybe, maybe a little bit more of an intellectual kind of villain where, um, I mean, obviously the, the mask and the lightsaber are intimidating, but he's not going to be, you know, Vader, like barking orders and force choking people and just throwing them around. Um, and you know, we kind of see this in the trailer too. It seems like he's going to be more the type of villain to, uh, interrogate, torture, try to play mind games, get in people's head, that kind of thing. So I, I think, um, 
just based on those guesses, I think the voice is going to be a lot more suiting to that than it would be to just sort of like a, a brute force, you know, menacing wall of evil like Vader was. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, <laughs> you're talking about, the, I mean, I, didn't, I don't want to say I forgot about it, but as we're talking about how cool the moment with him talking to Vader's helmet, I mean, it, it just gets followed up by another awesome moment where you see him, what looks to be like he's using the force against Poe Dameron, torturing him. I don't know if he's seeing a vision or if he's just like trying to get him to reveal a location or something using the force. But either way, I mean, it was just really, that stood out too, seeing a new aspect of like, we didn't see Darth Vader do that when we saw him using the torture droid for Princess Leia, but never using the force to try to torture someone or get information. I mean, the only thing that comes to mind is in the Clone Wars episode, uh, Children of the Force, where Mace, Obi-Wan, and Anakin use the force to try on Cad Bane to try to get him to reveal where those children are at. But, you know, <laughs> with like Kylo Ren being with the dark side, he's kind of going to do more of an extreme <laughs> amount of mind control or force torture. So that was another point that stood out to me in this whole sequence of Kylo Ren. Yeah. Well, you know, while we're talking about that, I mean, I was going to move on to, you know, one of my next points here about stuff that I liked, but we'll, we'll kind of just combine a couple things here while we're talking about Kylo Ren, because um, these were all kind of back to back shots towards the beginning of the trailer here. Um, you see him, you know, like we were talking about, you see the close up of the mask and he's talking to Vader. And then right after that, you see, like you said, what looks like him uh, torturing Poe Dameron or interrogating him or something like that. And yeah, it's like, he's got his hand out and he's kind of just like pulling his hand down over Poe's face. And then you see Poe like screaming. Um, and it clearly, I mean, it clearly looks like he's being tortured. And if those two shots are back to back, then it seems to me that, um, you know, Kylo is either using the force to like cause him physical pain or to show him mental images that are, you know, horrifying. So, um, yeah, I think he's going to be using the dark side in some sinister ways that we haven't really seen in the movies before. But then also, um, I think Starkiller base is also going to tie into all this somehow too, because one of my other favorite shots from the trailer, um, and this is more just from a, a visual standpoint, but the, the shot right before you see the close-up of Kylo's mask um, is a shot sort of pushing in on him from behind as he's standing on the bridge of, you know, what looks like a Star Destroyer or something like that with a couple of, you know, Imperial officers around him. And out the window, there's something happening. There's just this big, bright red flare, um, which, you know, again, after, you know, talking about it and speculating about it and stuff, you know, the only thing we could come up with was that this has to be something related to Starkiller Base. Like, that red streak is either the projectile that it's firing or that could be the explosion of a solar system that they're watching from far away. Um, and then, you know, jumping back to the scene where he's torturing Poe Dameron, like, you see Kylo Ren doing something to Poe, you see Poe screaming, and then it sort of fades to this shot of what looks like, you know, a planet surface, you can see like some trees and stuff, and it's just all being obliterated um, just by, I, it doesn't even necessarily look like fire or an explosion or something, but almost just like this big wall of like red smoke or something like that. Um, and it's kind of hard to tell just from that really brief shot, like if that's just sort of the explosion effect that this weapon has, or if this is some sort of um, dream slash flashback slash, you know, horrifying force vision that Kylo is inflicting on 
on Poe Dameron here and it's just sort of, you know, red tinted and hazy because of that. But yeah. either way, it seems to hint that um, there's some sort of, you know, ominous mass destruction, you know, that there's a, a threat of that looming. Um, and, uh, you know, like I said, that that first shot where you see that that big red flare out the window of the, the ship, that sort of seems to suggest that as well. So even though we don't see Starkiller base itself in the trailer, um, well, actually, we we kind of do. We don't see the, the outside. Of it. <laughs> yeah, we don't see the the same um, overall look at it um, like we do in the poster. Um, we don't see that in the trailer, and that's kind of one of the reasons I wanted to talk about the poster before the trailer is so you know we could get to that. Uh, you know, talk about the fact that we've seen like the outside of Star Killer Base before we get to speculating about all this stuff that may or may not be uh, you know, star killer base related, because, uh, I don't know that, that all kind of ties in there, but, um, but especially like after having seen the poster and being like, Oh, that's star killer base. And then seeing this stuff happening in the trailer, it's like, Oh, that's gotta be coming from that giant death planet thing that we saw <laughs> on the poster. Um, yeah. When I saw that image of like, after, uh, post, like having that scream on his face and you see the like massive wave of energy or smoke just tearing down of forests of trees the first thing i thought of was i don't think this is it but it was like man this is probably what it was kind of similar to what alderaan looked like like if you were on that planet and you were seeing what happened in atmosphere instead of just seeing it blow up from space to the dead star i mean is this what everyone experienced on alderaan i mean even if if they don't destroy another planet in the force wagon that this is a vision or whatever i think it's still kind of cool that we're kind of getting an inside look of what a destruction of a planet from a blast or something like that could be that was the first thing that popped into my mind when i saw it I was like oh this is might have what, what it looked like for the people on alderaan mm -hmm. oh and i definitely think we'll see it um i mean you can't have a giant you know planet weapon space station thing and say it can wipe out entire solar systems and then not actually show us the thing wiping out a solar system because everybody's going to want to know like, well, what does that look like and what does it actually do to it? And, uh, you know, can it actually do that or are the bad guys just, you know, blowing hot air? Um, so I, I definitely think we'll see that happen probably within the first half of the movie or so just to establish the threat. Yeah. I mean, it's just similar to how um, Alderaan got destroyed fairly early on in A New Hope to you know so that when the uh at the end of the movie when they're having the battle and the death star is approaching the rebel base and the rebels are you know fighting to try to destroy it before it gets around yavin to be in range of yavin 4 like you know what the stakes are it's not just like oh well i wonder what that thing you know i wonder what would happen if the thing actually did get in range of yavin like is it actually gonna blow up the planet is it just gonna bombard the surface is it gonna you know what's it gonna do uh, like no we know what it's gonna do because we've seen it and it's like holy crap that thing just fired a giant laser and wiped out an entire planet so um, oh, okay. i i definitely think we're gonna see star killer base in action and see you know what this thing's gonna do as you're talking about that something just popped into my head where you're talking about how we're probably going to see it just so we can know what the star killer base can do. And I was thinking if, if it is going to follow s some similar beats as a new hope and the resistance is going to have to try to destroy it. If I don't want it to be where it's targeting like the new resistance base, just like it, the Death Star was targeting Yavin. So I thought of what if the first order and Kylo Ren, they found out the location and planet that Luke is on where Ray and Han Solo and them were looking for and, that's their target where they're actually know the planets there. And that's how Ray finds out where Luke's at. But 
what they have to stop is them destroying that planet that Luke's on. But just thought that I was as you were talking, I was like, man, that could be some that could raise the stakes or the more so than I think it would just be another resistance base just like it was with the Avatar. If they want to do something different, I think that could be pretty interesting. Yeah. Like, no- Luke has no idea, but I would think he would if being I think obviously we're assuming he's gonna be so much stronger in the force, he could probably sense a disturbance that he might be in danger. But just the fact that he would be the main target and that's how we find the reveal of the location and the planet that he's on could be pretty interesting. Yeah, that could be cool. I think something else that could be really cool too, and a nice little tie back to the prequels, is what if they're targeting Coruscant? And <laughs> you know, because I mean we know Kylo Ren yeah. has his own vendetta against the Jedi and trying to carry on Vader's legacy and all that kind of thing, but I mean, we don't know much about the motives of the First Order themselves and, you know, Supreme Leader Snoke and General Hux and all those guys. But, um, I mean, if their quarrel is more with the Resistance slash, you know, New Republic or whatever government is in charge of the galaxy right now. Um, I mean, even though it's Luke freaking Skywalker, like, it seems a little bit extreme to blow up an entire planet just to try to kill one guy. Um, but if they wanted to just like cause mass chaos and strike a huge blow to the Republic, you know, yeah, sure. Just go ahead and blow up Coruscant. Or maybe um, it's something that they'll argue over. Like Kylo Ren's telling them they'll target that planet Luke's on, but like Hux is knowing we got to target Coruscant or another target or something like that. Maybe that's, they'll have like a falling out or something. Yeah, that could be too. Um, the other thing I'm wondering is, you know, with this Starkiller base, like, are they going to be... Like, how how is it going to move? Um, and can it move? Like, yeah. <laughs> obviously, we, we didn't really see much of the Death Star moving, but we knew that it could move. And, you know, with it being a space station, I mean, it does sort of make sense that it would have some sort of thrusters or something on board. Um, even though, obviously, like, the energy that you would need to propel something that big through space would just be massive. But um, Maybe we'll get teleportation technology in the Star Wars universe. That would be nuts. <laughs> I mean, how unfair would that be if you could build a giant death cannon into the core of a planet and then just teleport it around the galaxy, blowing up whatever solar system you wanted to, and then, you know, teleport back out before the rebels could come in and shoot down your thermal exhaust port. And maybe it takes a lot of a charge, though. Like, once you teleport, you have to wait a full rotation or something like that yeah. <laughs> to teleport again. Yeah, I don't know. I mean... That could maybe be cool if they do it right, but at the same time, teleportation just seems like one of those things that's a little too kind of hardcore science fiction for, they for Star, Star Trek. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and even for Star Trek, like the idea of teleporting an entire planet seems a little a little far-fetched, but it's like if they could... I mean, I guess if they could build a massive weapon into a planet, they could probably build some engines onto it too, or is it just powerful enough that it can fire at you know any location from just wherever it's sitting in space um although you know the the scientific basis for that would be like yeah even if you shoot your laser at the speed of light like it could take years to get to you know some planets on the other <laughs> side of the galaxy or something like that so um, be like oh we destroyed this target what was that yeah it was from two years ago that's right <laughs> <laughs> that those guys attacked us a hundred years ago we just blew them up they <laughs> never saw it coming <laughs> um but yeah, so I mean, again, just more mystery and stuff to wonder about. And, uh, you know, obviously I'm sure we'll find out a lot more about how this thing works and what it does when we see the movie. But until then, we've just got the the big 
death planet with the the giant laser beam to you know speculate about it's cool because it actually looks kind of like um i'm gonna looking at the image on the poster here again and it looks uh similar to like some early i know uh you know early ralph mcquarrie concepts for the death star too um that you know obviously didn't end yeah. up being used for for the original trilogy so um but yeah so that you know just one more thing that uh that i'm excited to see in the movie definitely and, um i don't know do you want to go first with your next trailer highlight? yeah sure why not i mean right. we spent so much time you know talking about kylo and star killer base and all that kind of stuff but um i mean aside from the knights of ren and all that kylo related stuff i think the thing that jumped out to me the most um and that just sort of thrilled me the most watching the trailer was just all those aerial dogfight sequences um, I mean, obviously, we saw a couple more shots of the the Millennium Falcon being chased by the Tie Fighters through the the wreckage on Jakku, but um, especially like the the battle over that jungle planet where uh, what we're assuming is Maz Kanata's castle. You know, it seems like there's going to be a big battle there, um, and seeing just X wings and Tie Fighters like swooping by overhead and shooting each other down and stuff while there's like stormtroopers and people fighting on the ground, and then the shot towards the end of the trailer over what we're going to assume is Starkiller base. Um, but, you know, fighting like over the surface of an ice planet. Um, and again, just, you know, a bunch of X-Wings flying towards a bunch of TIE fighters. Um, and I mean, it, it just looked so cool and um, was something that we haven't really seen before in Star Wars. And it's funny because we've talked about this with the new Battlefront game how there's not going to be any space battles, but that, you know, there'll be aerial dog yeah. fights. Um, and, you know, after seeing this trailer, I was like, oh, that's why they did it. Like, I mean, we've heard them say like, yeah, people think they want space battles, but that might be kind of boring because you're just flying around and it's, you know, just blank space and, you know, there might not be anybody to fight, but I'm sure this had to factor into it as well. Um, you know, just sort of tying it in with the the promotion for The Force Awakens and whatnot. Um because, but I mean, just seeing these these shots in the trailer, I was like, I don't even care that it's not in space because we've never seen aerial battles of yep. this scale like <laughs> uh, above the surface of a planet before in Star Wars. Um, I mean, the only, you know, the the closest thing I can think of is like the Battle of Geonosis in Episode Two with the gunships and stuff, and like when they're chasing after Count Dooku and all that. But I mean, these are just like full on battles with you know X wings and Tie fighters and stuff going at it. Um, there's even a, a shot where you see an X-Wing swoop by overhead and like nail a stormtroopers like square <laughs> in the chest. I'm like, man, talk about bullseye and womp rats. As um, much as it was pain me to see a trooper get shot down like that. It's hard to deny how awesome <laughs> that is. <so. laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I just liked the idea of it and you know, the, the fact that we're still getting to see, you know, sort of that classic star Wars action and the classic battles, but that it's going to be new locales and new environments than we've seen those battles in before and, you know, a little bit different style. And then also just the, the visuals and um, just the, you know, the look of the visual effects and stuff just looks so good. I mean, it looks <laughs> yes, a little, it, it looks a little bit different from what we're used to, but I think I described it this way talking to you guys when we were watching it that first night that it came out or, you know, that it came out um, because I think either you or Paul was saying something about, um, you know, the visuals look a little bit different than I was expecting, or, you know, it doesn't look like what we're used to or something like that. And I, I made the comment that like, to me, it looks like how it would have looked if you made the original trilogy with like, like if, if 2015 ILM had made, 
the original Star Wars back in 77 um, because it still had that same kind of feel to it. Just, I mean, the framing of some of the shots with the the X-Wings and the TIE Fighters and the Millennium Falcon and the way they're chasing each other around and stuff like that. Um, but obviously, you know, more fast paced, more sort of visually exciting um, and just, you know, more detail and complexity in the look of like the lasers and the explosions and the the lighting effects on the engines even and stuff like that um i mean that all just got me like super excited and then i mean just talking about the visuals and the graphics and stuff too how about that shot of the millennium falcon flying through hyperspace oh, like man. just from a different angle that we've never seen before like you see just blank space and then you see the stars start streaking towards you like you normally would when a, a ship is jumping to hyperspace and then i was i was expecting to see what we normally see with the um like when the falcon jumps to hyperspace and you kind of like the the cockpit comes into view and then the whole ship kind of pushes forward and like takes off sort of away from you um but instead you see the ship coming towards you through like this warp tunnel kind of thing. And just the whole visual style of that was just so cool. Um, and then there's one other visual thing that I, I absolutely loved, but I'll, I'll save that cause I want to talk about that separately unless you're going to jump in and steal it first. But um, yeah, I might, if we're on the same page, <laughs> <laughs> but man, I mean, yeah, I, I just got so excited watching those the X Wings and the TIE Fighters and the the ships and the just the look of those battles is has got me super excited. And I think this might end up being like one of the most action packed Star Wars movies we've seen so far. I mean, obviously I think Revenge of the Sith is still gonna hold the record number of lightsaber duels for, you know, eternity, because there are like five lightsaber yeah. duels in that movie. But um I mean it seems like there's gonna be at least three big main action set pieces because there's like the, uh, the millennium Falcon getting chased by the tie fighters on Jakku. Then there's the battle over Maskinata's castle. And there's the battle over star killer base. And then there's going to be, you know, the lightsaber duel at the end. Um, but yeah, we've, I don't think we've ever seen that many like space battles slash aerial chases, um, on that big of a scale, you know, in the same movie before. So, um, and, and then of course, you know, that, we got another shot of those X-Wings like skimming over the water. And then you see like a wide shot where they're flying towards Maz Kanata's palace and the, the stormtroopers are, you know, sort of preparing themselves as you see these X-Wings coming across the lake with the huge cloud of mist kicking up behind them. Um, yeah. Yeah, just another highlight for me. Cause that looks so cool. Yeah. That was actually the shot I was thinking of. I mean, Oh, okay. That moment. I mean, when I first saw the trailer, I didn't notice the X-Wings coming, I was just paying attention to the Stormtroopers and what they were doing on there. But as we were, like, going through it and, like, frame by frame, dissecting it, and I saw, like, wait, what's that in the background? Oh, man, that's the X-Wings actually coming towards the Stormtroopers, and the Stormtroopers are preparing for an attack by the X-Wings coming in. It just looks so awesome knowing what's approaching our classic X-Wing ships. <laughs> but I'm already starting to formulate how this sequence is going to play out in the movie with Maz Kanata's castle. I mean, because there was that shot even before the trailer comes out. I mean, there was it was in the that Instagram post that was 15 seconds where you see Ray and BB-8 looking up. But on Sunday when the poster came out, we got those little teases before the trailer. And there was actually some shots that were in there, but not in the trailer. There was the one with Poe Dameron kind of in this dark lit area with a, a blaster. And then there was one with Ray and BB-8 that I was talking about. You see what they're looking at. You see a bunch of like TIE fighters and Star Destroyers or like drop ships coming towards that planet. 
So it looks like um, Han, Rey, and Finn, BB-8, they go to Maz Kanata's palace, and then we see that the First Order is going to track them there, and then they just <laughs> start attacking. And from what we see in these shots in the trailers, they do some massive destruction <laughs> to Maz Kanata's castle because we see it's in ruins. There's tons of rubble there. And then even in that Vanity Fair article where we got the confirmation of Captain Phasma's name, and we see her standing amongst the ruins of Maz Kanata's castle, and it's the same... It's the front of it, the same shot that we see Han and Finn and Rey walk into. It's that same area. So it gets totally destroyed. So, And then we got that shot, too, where Han, Chewie, and Finn, they had their hands up. So I can just picture the First Order's done their damage. They took out probably some of Maz Kanata's guards or pirates. This looks like the First Order's going to win. They got the heroes captured. But then you can probably hear this noise in the background. You hear, like, oncoming ships coming. And then you see the X-Wings and the shots that we see in the first teaser, the second teaser with Poe Dameron shouting that Yahoo. And then we get probably the first order might be panicking a little bit. They start trying to take new position. But then you see that awesome, that awesome shot that you talked about where in the distance you see a row of X-Wings just flying towards them. I just have a feeling it's going to be one of the many, like, cheers and applaud moments <laughs> that the audience is going to get in the teaser as we see the beginning of this like resistance first order battle with the X-Wings and TIE Fighters again. This is probably going to be the first one, I think, where we're going to see X-Wings again against TIE Fighters again. And man, it, like you said, it just looks amazing seeing it in atmosphere on a planet. And it just I just got a Battlefront vibe from it because <laughs> that's what we're used to so much. And even the yeah. old Rogue Squadron games, that's mm-hmm. how we're used to seeing X-Wings and TIE Fighters fight when it's not in space and it's on planets. It's mainly through the video games. So it sounded like it was just straight out of there and it looked awesome. So yeah, I think this whole moment is going to be a really cool action scene. The only thing I'm hoping for is how you were talking about an X-Wing was able to shoot a Stormtrooper. I'm hoping Captain Fat might get some moments to shine here and maybe she takes out an X-Wing or two, maybe with a rocket launcher or a blaster or something, or <laughs> she throws an X-Wing flying low, she's on like a high rubble and jumps on it, takes the pilot out or something. I just hope she has a, like a standout <laughs> moment in this sequence to get vengeance for that stormtrooper who was brutally shot by an X-Wing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's going to be awesome, man. Yeah. Oh, man, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I've said all I can say about that. Just so exciting to look at those uh, those aerial battles. So uh, why don't you go ahead and uh, list off your next thing? Yeah, my next thing was going to be a little different. Not necessarily a shot but or dialogue. It's actually going to be the music was a real highlight for me on this. And to my surprise, I've actually seen some like negative feedback about it. I know... I wasn't even aware of this, but I guess it is kind of true. How you know how it starts with just like hitting one piano key, yeah. The music apparently that's like a movie trailer trope now, <laughs> where a lot of them are doing it. Maybe I just haven't been paying attention to it, but I never really thought it was something that was overused. So I saw some ne- negative feedback about that, but that didn't really bother me. But boy, once the music starts kicking in and the shot where he's seeing the Tie Fighter chase the Falcon. And it's playing the classic Han and Leia love theme from Empire Strikes Back, but it's just rearranged. It's, it sounds familiar yet different, but I think it works so good. I mean, how can you not get chills when you're hearing that music and then you're seeing Ray talking to Han Solo and you hear Han's dialogue? I mean, oh, it's just so good. And even though it's a different version of it, I really liked the version that they used in the trailer. Kind of had, it reminded me actually a little bit of, of a Star Trek feel to it. it kind of like the original theme mm-hmm. where you had like that like background not singing but you hear like the background vocals to it that add a little f- different fla- flavor to it which i actually liked 
but the music was great. Then you moves into that into like the classic force theme as the trailer starts heading towards the end. But probably my favorite moment was not when there was any like particular shot of a character or any moment in this trailer. It's just when it's black and you see the title card of the Star Wars The Force Awakens start fading in and you just hear Luke's theme play like very faintly. Mm-hmm. It just sounds really cool. <laughs> I mean, knowing that we're all waiting for Luke and wondering like how his role is going to be in this movie, even though we didn't see him, I felt that little... Uh, hearing his theme play so faintly at the end was like that was his moment to me and even as we were watching uh, we were talking about it how maybe at the very end after we see the force awakens logo fade to black we get one more extra shot (laughs) maybe of a hooded character but they don't reveal his face but you kind of know it's luke we didn't get that but i still think having that little cue of hearing luke's theme at the very end was really really cool so i thought the music was another highlight for the trailer yeah, no, I totally agree with you there. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I pretty much have to disagree with all the all the points you just hit. I mean, the the reworking of the Han and Leia theme was just great. I mean, I wasn't expecting to hear that music, yeah. you know, set to footage of like a, a chase between the Millennium Falcon and Tie Fighters and stuff, but it just worked so well because it had. I mean, mostly just, you know, hearing that theme again and recognizing it just sort of brought back uh, a certain feeling of nostalgia for the original trilogy, but then also um, the way that they sort of reworked it. And it was just a little bit more um, grand, I guess, and had like this sense of wonder to it. And so, um, I mean, just the fact that it was Star Wars music and then just sort of the, the way that they reworked it, it just sort of added to this sense of wonder of like seeing all this new stuff and wondering what the movie's going to be about. And I, I think it just worked so perfectly. Um, I, w- I was actually kind of surprised to, to uh, find out that John Williams didn't actually do the music for this trailer. Cause I kind of, you know, after watching it the first few times kind of got used to it and was like, okay, so this is kind of how the music's going to sound a little bit. Um, and then found out that he didn't actually, um, you know, compose the music for this trailer. Yeah. It was done by a couple different music editors who specialize in, you know, just doing trailers and stuff. But um, yeah, it's funny because, I mean, you mentioned that you thought it had kind of more of a Star Trek feel to it. And I thought the exact same thing, not necessarily that it, it maybe didn't necessarily remind me of the classic Star Trek so much, although I, you know, I admit I have not really watched much of the classic Star Trek at all, but, um, just even the music from the, the two JJ Abrams Star Trek movies, um, and I mean, I, especially hearing that music like over the shot of the Falcon coming through hyperspace, because that also kind of reminded me of the new Star Trek movies a little yeah. bit. And so I was like, OK, this doesn't quite sound like classic John Williams and, you know, maybe not exactly what you'd expect from Star Wars, but it still sounds like Star Wars, mainly probably just because it was, you know, an existing Star Wars scene that we had heard before. Um, and then I was like, you know, just sort of the the little bit of a Star Trek connection there, like this is got to just be like J.J. Abrams, you know, personal style. And he wanted to, you know, have the music and the visuals, you know, a little bit more towards his personal preference or whatever. But that turned out not to quite be the case because, you know, that may not even be anything close to what we're going to end up hearing in the final movie anyways. But um, I mean, we've talked about it before, how the music and the soundtrack and everything is just such a, a huge part of Star Wars anyways. And that that's one of the most exciting things about getting a new Star Wars movie is uh, hearing new music and stuff. So even though this isn't uh, you know, music that's going to be in the movie, it was just great to hear, you know, see new Star Wars footage with a newer, different version of some some recognizable Star Wars themes under it. 
Yeah, and I will say too, there is a version of the trailer that's just the music. I highly recommend if you haven't seen it to go check that out. And we have it on our website, and I tweeted out the link to it on on Twitter and our Facebook page. So if you haven't seen that, definitely check it out. It's really cool. It brings you into it just almost as much as the regular trailer does hearing the dialogue. But when it's just the music, it has almost the same effect. I think it's just a testament to, like you said, how we know Star Wars music of Star Wars is such a big part of the movies and the experience. And even though it's different composers, I mean, as this is the type of stuff we can expect from someone composing new Star Wars music in a movie that's not John Williams. I mean, I'm more than happy with it because especially when they're reworking these uh, familiar themes, but with a new twist on it, it still works really well. So definitely check out that music only trailer. I don't think you'll be disappointed with it. Yeah, for sure. Um, also, okay, so so something else I wanted to point out here, because um, I think we're, we're pretty much done talking about the music, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, the, I mean, the next point I want to talk about here, um, and we kind of briefly mentioned this with the uh, the poster as well, but the fact that the trailer starts off with Ray, um, that you, you know, the first few shots are focusing on her, and it totally has, like, a, you know, a New Hope um, kind of feel with Luke, um, where, I mean, there's even a shot where you see a ship taking off, um, like way far in the distance. And then you kind of cuts to a shot of her face. Um, I mean, I, it's hard to tell if she's looking at that ship or if this is a different scene, but, um, still just kind of looking with this sense of longing. Um, and it's like, if we, if, if there was any doubt about it before, I think this trailer like clearly illustrates that Ray is going to be, um, well, a, a Skywalker, um, I think, like we said, I think she's definitely got to be either Han, uh, either Han and Leia's daughter or Luke's daughter. Um, but then also just that, you know, she's going to be the main hero of this trilogy. She's going to be the one who kind of starts from nothing and ends up going on this hero's journey and is trying to um, discover her own power and her own place in the galaxy and, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um so, I mean, I, I thought that was really cool to see. I mean, there's a shot of her and BB-8 just kind of walking away from the camera, kind of through the the sand dunes, and it's kind of sunset. And then it, it almost had sort of like that binary sunset um, yeah. kind of feel to it where, um, you know, you, you just see like the, the not quite a lone hero, I guess, because she's got BB-8 with her, but, you know, uh, just the hero on their own, you know, kind of with, with nothing in front of them waiting for, you know, something better that's out there. So... Um, yeah, I thought that was definitely a big, a big takeaway from it. And even though they don't explicitly, you know, certainly didn't reveal anything about her, uh, her family heritage or anything like that. And, um, you didn't even really see her in any action scenes here, except for like one shot where she's firing a blaster. But, um, I, I definitely think a big part of the story is going to revolve around her. Yeah, I totally agree. And what I liked about the whole beginning of it was first of all that first shot where you see her with her like her goggles and like her face covered i love that design of her of her scavenger outfit i think it looks really cool but and this man just seeing her go through that star destroyer i mean we saw it in the second teaser the exterior of it but now i think it's cool that we're actually seeing the interior of it and man it's just really cool to see the inside of a star destroyer like that how it's just been destroyed during a battle there's you see like tie fighters and imperial shuttles just like scavenged inside of it and yeah this is really cool visual look i mean this i'm pretty sure i mean i could be wrong but i think this is going to be our first introduction to ray and seeing her in her scavenging ways of looking for whatever she's looking for in the star destroyer and that makes me think too is this where she gonna 
I mean, we know uh, Luke's light and Anakin's lightsaber is going to be a thing that a lot of people are after in this, especially Kylo Ren. Is this where she finds it, or does Finn find it first some way before he like, and then before he goes to Jakku and he takes it with him? So that should be curious too. See if she finds it here, or does Finn take it with him? But just that whole visual of her going through the Star Destroyer was awesome. And I'm glad you brought up too that moment where you see that ship taking off from the distance. And what's really cool, you see the what looks to be, I'm pretty sure it is, the foot of an AT-AT. Yeah. But, but then the next shot afterwards, I mean, I've been seeing a lot of people thinking that that is the next shot where she's looking at it. But I never got that feeling. I think they're two totally separate different scenes because if you remember from the concept art that we've talked about way back, it looks like she's where she's going to live. Well, spoiler alert, I guess if you could say this a spoiler, I mean, we'll see if it really plans out that way. But I think it's going to be where she actually lives in the AT-AT that we saw in those leaked concept arts. So if that there's that foot of that AT-AT there, I would think she's maybe sitting on top of it or standing in front of it somewhere, and then she's looking it out there. I don't think it's that next scene where we see her sitting down, which looks like some shop in a town or market or something but yeah it definitely doesn't look like there's an AT-AT anywhere on that shot so. exactly but yeah. i think even though those two shots might not be right next to each other in the you know in the movie itself i think you know obviously it's still you know that juxtaposition was intentional um mm. that you know you're you're still supposed to sort of get that same feeling that you know the ship is taking off and then she's sort of looking with a sense of longing like she doesn't want to stay on this desert planet just you know scavenging scrap and all that kind of stuff and another cool thing you said you got that luke vibe which i totally got too i even got a little bit of anakin in there too in that next shot that we're just talking about where Mm. she's like tinkering with some device just showing like her mechanic skills with it like anakin did so it just i think it was a cool blend of the two and just adds more to (laughs) i think the credit of where she is maybe more luke's daughter an actual skywalker and not a solo i think it would it fit the lineage better where we got Anakin, Luke, and now Ray, kind of both all three of them in the similar situation to start their adventure too. So still hoping that that's the case. <laughs> this trailer made, really made me want that to happen even more so. And how great was it to finally hear dialogue from her too? Mm-hmm. I mean, we didn't get much, but it was still some big stuff where she says, I'm no one when we hear the voiceover. The first thing we hear is, who are you? From uh, Lupita Nyong'o, which of course is Maz Kanata. And then she says, I'm no one. And then the only other thing we hear her say is there were stories and then, but that's pretty much it. <laughs> but still, it's just great to hear these new characters talk. I mean, even Finn too, they both sound really good. I was, I'm happy that uh, they're using Daisy Ridley's just natural accent. <laughs> they're not having her change it to like an American accent that looks like Finn is doing or John mm-hmm. Boyega is doing as Finn. So both the new characters sound good and it was just great to finally hear dialogue from them too. So yeah, just a great introduction, not only to the trailer, but just to Ray as a character. And like we said, too, how it's pretty much looking definite that she's the main protagonist in this movie and yeah. hopefully the whole trilogy. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's funny because, um, I mean, I hear what you're saying about her maybe being a Skywalker and not a Solo. But, um, I mean, after, you know, seeing the trailer a bunch of times and thinking about all this, um you know, I, I looked at that picture again from the uh, the first, um, you know, the cast announcement where they're all sitting around having the table read and just seeing her sitting there between Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher. Yeah. I, was, I was just like, she's their daughter. Like I called it from day one and I'm, I don't know. I, I mean, maybe I'll turn out to be wrong, but I'm sticking by that. Like it, it just is unmistakable for me. Um, and I won't be too bummed if 
if she is up being their daughter, not actual Luke's daughter, because either as long as she has that Skywalker lineage, that's all. <laughs> I think that really matters. Yeah. Well, see, I I think the only problem with her being Luke's daughter is a. I think it makes a little bit more sense for Han and Leia because that romantic connection has already been established, and I think it might just be a bit too much of a gap to to jump. I mean, I know thirty years is a long time, and a lot of stuff could have happened. But the last time we saw Luke, you know, he was single, just doing his Jedi thing, and then to come in in Episode seven and be like oh yeah so in the last 30 years like han and leia broke up they never had any kids and luke got married had a daughter his wife died he hid his daughter on this desert planet from the people that killed his wife and now he's off in hiding somewhere and his daughter doesn't know that she's the daughter of a jedi and she's going to find luke at the end of the movie and he's going to be like i am your father sorry if you've heard this before you know um (laughs) so i don't know I, i mean i think it just makes a lot more sense for her to be Han and Leia's daughter. But then at the same time, I mean, maybe because it makes, you know, seems to make more sense. Maybe they want to do something unexpected and have her be Luke's daughter instead. I don't know. But see, when I think about um, it, I think it makes, doesn't make sense if she is Han and Leia's daughter now, because if they're all around, why did they leave her on Jakku? If they're not in hiding or anything, why would they go there or drop her off there where she doesn't look like she doesn't know who her parents are. She even says, She's, she's a nobody and if she did remember you think she know how important figures her parents were if they were Han and Leia but with Luke if he goes into hiding and he dropped her off at a young age she really wouldn't have an idea about that so that's kind of where that throws the wrench in the speculation about her being Han and Leia's daughter for me personally anyway mm-hmm. but I still think they have a kid and his name is Kylo Ren <laughs> <laughs> well that could be too um and again you know just more you know questions that need answers um because i mean you do bring up a good point about ray and you know if if uh han and leia are her parents and they're still around like why is she on jeku by herself but i'm sure we'll find all that out in due time so yes we will um man and i i just can't wait to find all this out i mean it's fun to speculate and wonder and you know i'm enjoying the heck out of this but at the same time i look forward to the day when it's all over and we can just geek out about how much we love the movie and you know the the concrete story details instead of just wondering about it and see how right and wrong we were <laughs> yeah that too but um all right well so yeah that's uh you know the whole uh ray protagonist element um i think that was my point right so you want to yeah. hit up another one yeah for me i'll go with another dialogue moment it's got to be han solo's dialogue in the middle of it i mean that was another goosebump <laughs> inducing moment hearing Han Solo talking about Jedi and the dark side and saying it's true, all of it. I mean, I think it would have been cool if we heard any character in the trailer say that, but the fact that it's coming from Han Solo and knowing how he was in A New Hope and the the cynic he was and the hokey religions and ancient weapons stuff that he said, talking to Obi-Wan and Luke, seeing how it's like a 180 he's come by now and how his views on it are so different. It just... So cool to hear him talk about that. And the fact that maybe it's something where like he has to do that because Luke isn't there to do it. And I think Leia didn't do much with her forced sensitivity and knowing her lineage as being Luke's brother and the father or the daughter of Anakin Skywalker. I think she just got so focused on the political aspect or the military aspect with leading the resistance that she couldn't do anything with the force and didn't have time to. She had other responsibilities and it was up to Han in this moment where he gets meet up with Ray and Finn that he was there. He experienced it. So he has to be the one to tell him. But like I said, just knowing where he was from a new hope, it's just so cool to hear him say that. But it does bring up the point. I mean, I've heard a lot of different speculation about this. Is it 
this is kind of where I think it is. Is he saying it's true all of it because Ray has no experience with Jedi, the Force, and the dark side, and all that from her being on Jakku? Or is that the whole state of the galaxy right now? Did the Jedi fall even further into legend from the original trilogy? And now, thirty years later, Luke didn't do too much with establishing a new Jedi order, and maybe certain stories got. I don't know, mistranslated throughout the years regarding Luke and the destruction and fall of Darth Vader and the Emperor to where it did become the stuff of legend. So I don't know, that's an interesting point. For me, I going more toward the route where he's just talking to Ray about that, where it's just telling her that all that stuff you've heard as stories as a kid growing up on Jakku, it's all true. But I don't know, what do you think, Kyle? Do you think it's more of a galaxy wide thing or just for Ray? Well, I mean, I think it's a little bit of both. I I mean I think obviously Han is talking to Ray and Finn when he's saying this. And I think, you know, it's probably Ray who's, you know, heard the stories on, especially, you know, being a, a young scavenger on Jakku, just like Anakin with the, the pilots at the spaceport, you know, I've heard stories about, uh, you know, the angels and all this other kind of stuff. Um, but I, I do think that, you know, Ray has heard the stories and stuff from people um, and they were just, stories and tales and legends and maybe you know some of them didn't all line up and so she had heard about jedi and the force but it was just sort of these you know these rumors and these myths and stuff that people talked about but it wasn't you know she probably had never heard like a concrete detailed account of luke's journey and all that kind of thing um because i mean you have to remember um this is one thing that i like that they seem to emphasize in a lot of Star Wars books that I've read, especially ones that are sort of set during the Clone Wars era, is that even though, um, like, even though most of, like, the main Star Wars stories are focused on Jedi and Sith and the Force and all that sort of thing, so we as viewers are obviously very familiar with that, to people in the Star Wars, like, to people in the galaxy of Star Wars, um, you know, the these people are just sort of, myths and legends i mean there might be thousands of jedi knights during in the galaxy during the clone wars but there are billions and trillions of people in the galaxy most of whom have never seen a jedi before some of them have like never even heard of one so um i mean even if luke did some stuff with the jedi order after um you know after return of the jedi i mean maybe he started a new jedi order maybe he didn't but even if he did obviously it's not that big yet yeah. um or maybe he started it and then the knights of ren came in and wiped them out or you know something else bad happened so um i don't think it necessarily means that luke did nothing but even if he kind of started a, a small fledgling new jedi order um i'm sure there would still be tons of people in the galaxy especially on some remote desert planet like jakku who would have no idea about it or who would have only heard like rumors and myths and stories and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think it means that there are necessarily no Jedi or that Luke didn't try to do anything to, you know, further the, the legacy of the Jedi or anything like that. But I think that, um, yeah, it's just sort of establishing more the, um, I don't know, sort of the, the mythology of them, I guess that to the people of the galaxy, these are, you know, strange and, uh, you know, unknown people that, um, I mean, for us, it, you know, it'd be something sort of like, uh, you know, Buddhist monks or something like that. Like I've, you know, you, you hear about them, you, um, you know, you might've seen them before, but like, I've never met one and, you know, talked to him or, or seen him, you know, fight somebody with Kung Fu or anything like that. So, um, I mean, not quite to that degree, but obviously, you know, we're talking about tons of planets here and not just like one planet, um, that we live on. So, um, yeah, I, I think 
that, uh, like you were saying, I, I think Han saying that does sort of confirm that there are a lot of people in the galaxy who don't know much about the Jedi and the Force and all that, and that Rey is one of those people, and that Han, you know, like you said, having been the guy who originally was sort of cynical about all that and, you know, hokey, hokey religions and ancient weapons and all that sort of thing, then having lived through what he's lived through and, you know, seen and experienced all the things that he has and, you know, coming face to face with Darth Vader and going on all these adventures with Luke. Like he's one of the people that, even though he's not force sensitive or not a Jedi or anything, he's now sort of one of the people in the galaxy who knows the most about this stuff because he's experienced it firsthand. So, yeah. um, and that's just going to be another kind of cool thing to see. Um, I think when, uh, I mean, when this movie was announced and it was announced that the original, um, three you know main characters were coming back obviously everybody sort of jumped to the conclusion that oh mark hamill is now going to sort of fill the the role that alec guinness did in the first trilogy and luke's going to be sort of the new old jedi mentor like obi-wan was um and maybe we'll get to that point in episodes eight and nine but it seems like for now han is kind of filling that role a little bit even though he's not a jedi like i said um, but he's going to be the one to sort of give Ray and Finn their first introduction to the force, not from, um, him being able to, uh, you know, use the force himself, but just from sort of recounting the, the tales and stories and, and stuff that he's been through, you know, fighting alongside a Jedi and, and, uh, trying to fight a Sith Lord and stuff like that. So I think that'll be a, a really cool thing to see in a, you know, a new interesting twist because obviously whether it be, obi-wan or qui-gon or yoda you know we're used to having like these wise old jedi mentors and so now it'll be interesting to see from the perspective of someone like han who was so cynical about all this stuff in the first place now to have him guiding these young characters and kind of telling them all he can about you know what what limited knowledge and experience he has of the force yeah i just love that aspect of that it is han but I don't know too, and you know what happens to mentors in first movies of the trilogies? Uh, <laughs> well, out, yeah. So. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, you and a lot of other people are saying. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just going to be such a great character arc for Han Solo. Like when you see four, five, and six, and seven together, or like a scene like in that order, it's going to be such a great character arc for him. So yeah, I can't wait to see how it all plays out and just how Han Solo deals with everything and being the mentor figure. But thankfully has Chewie still to help him along with all that. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, all right. So let's see, I'll jump to another point here. Covered a lot of these so far. Um, oh, okay. So you mentioned that the, uh, the voice we hear in the trailer is, you know, we're assuming is Maz Kanata. Um, yeah, it's a, a female character obviously you can just tell by the voice and like we said the only unaccounted one so far is got to be Maz Kanata um and but you know the interesting thing here um I mean I think the only official stuff we knew about her so far was that she I, I think it said like in that Vanity Fair article that she's a pirate queen or mm-hmm. something like that um but clearly it seems like she also has some sort of knowledge of the force here I mean it's her voice that you hear at the very end of the trailer um that says the force is calling to you just let it in yeah um so obviously there's more to this character than just being a pirate queen um, or something like that. So, yeah, and it matches. I mean, like you said, it hasn't been officially announced except that she's a pirate, but it does fit into some rumors and reports we've heard early on about Maz Kanata, and that's the reason why Han Solo, Finn, and Ray go to her castle to 
either find out about Luke's lightsaber or about the Force, and she discovers that Ray is Force sensitive, and it's like you said, the trailer like just gotta let it in. So, yeah, and I was I'm surprised we didn't see her in this for two reasons. First off, like you said, we hear her talk, so I thought eventually we'd see a shot of her, and then she was in the poster, or that's who I'm assuming was in the poster, and it makes sense too because I think she's gonna have a not a major role, but a pretty significant role in this movie to where she should be on the poster. So I was pretty surprised that we didn't see her yet in this trailer. I thought for sure. I mean, kind of like I was saying before, how I was, I was expecting many different like events or places to get the poster reveal. I was kind of the same way about Maz Kanata. <laughs> I thought maybe we'd see her at Comic-Con, D23, and then for sure to get her like officially revealed in this trailer. But still waiting. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's all planning out to where even though she's a pirate she's someone who's pretty knowledgeable about the force yeah and i mean that's interesting too because like you said we'd heard a lot of rumors about that before um and i never really put much stock in those i was like eh, i think she's just gonna be a pirate she's gonna be in charge of this new hideout thing it's gonna be like this movie's version of jabba's palace or the cantina or whatever and then yeah i mean we had seen concept art of um you know a, a character that you know, supposedly was her or maybe her species or something and was like looking at a a lightsaber crystal or something like that. Um, And I thought, well, maybe they go see her first and then go see somebody else who's another member of her species that maybe she directs them to or something like that. Um, I was just like, yeah, I I don't know. Just because people on the internet say that the the pirate queen is actually going to be a former Jedi, I'm like, I haven't really heard anything to make me believe that until the trailer. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, obviously she knows more about the force than you would expect from, you know, someone that they're just, you know, or someone who at first glance is just a a sort of a pirate overlord or something like that. Um, So obviously there's going to be more to that character than meets the eye as well. Yeah, definitely. That's that's why I think it's her on the poster. And even that character on the poster does have a little, like, a, a pirate that you would expect in the Star Wars universe I mean, with the goggles that she has on there. I, I think it has to be her. <laughs> I don't know who else that could be. Like you said, it's not Snoke. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to tell just from the poster because the image of that character is so small. And it's like, is it that small because she's just the least important character on the poster? Or is she that small because that's... Actually, I mean, maybe it's just because they stuck her right next to R2-D2. And I'm like, it, it's making me think that that's like an R2 size character. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It, it reminds is. me it reminds me of like a pod racer pilot or something like that. Um, yeah, I can see that. So I don't know. I mean, obviously, like I said, this is just something else that I'm very intrigued about. And, you know, can't wait to find out in the movie itself. But um, yeah, I, I guess I'm still not totally convinced that that's her on the poster. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I don't know if you're going to get confirmation until you see the movie because unless oh, yeah. she's going to find like pop up in TV spots <laughs> down the line. And we know this is the last trailer, and unless they have like a special StarWars.com reveal or something like that, but if we get an official picture of her in the movie, I mean, maybe it's her and Snoke we're not going to see until we actually see the movie, which would be a nice surprise, actually, I would think, because we're so close now. So I'm not like aching and begging to see what they look like i mean i'll look at it if it comes out but Mm -hmm. since we're so close now we got all this cool stuff from this trailer it would be kind of cool if we just saw them actually get revealed for the first time in the actual movie yeah no i i completely agree i mean i definitely don't want them to reveal too much and like spoil stuff ahead of time if we do see some more new stuff before the movie comes out 
Um, I mean, I wouldn't mind getting a couple more things, but with this trailer, like this has totally, you know, satisfied my, my craving for, you know, seeing new stuff. Um, I mean, we saw way more in here than I thought we were going to, in terms of like the action scenes and the aerial battles and mm. all that kind of stuff. It just, I mean, as we were watching it, it's just one shot after another that kept blowing me away and uh and I mean, blowing other things away <laughs> well yeah blowing stormtroopers away and stuff like that but um man it just so much good stuff um so let's see was there i think i brought that one up so did you have any more points you wanted to cover tim yeah i actually got one more and i'm sure this one was on your list too it's actually the final shot of the trailer finn and kylo ren about to go at it in a lightsaber duel. Yep, that was going to be my last one too. So <laughs> let's do it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we saw the shot in the first teaser with Kylo Ren igniting his lightsaber and seeing the broadsaber for the first time. And then we got that Instagram the sneak peek with Finn igniting not just any lightsaber, but Luke and Anakin's lightsaber. And we kind of assumed, oh, is this going to be the same sequence of Kylo Ren in the snow and with the shot with Finn? And yes, it is, because <laughs> we see Kylo Ren unmask. You see Adam Driver's hair, just the back of it. And he's walking towards Finn. And boy, besides just the visual of it, with like I said this before, but it bears repeating. I just love this environment setting. The snow in the forest or, or the woods at night, it just looks so, so cool with the lightsabers um, ignited. It has a great color scheme on there. It just looks so, so cool. But boy, when you see Finn <laughs> and Kylo Ren just marching towards him, very calmly, and then he just ignites his broadsaber, and he's about to swing it, and then just the face that Finn has, he's just like, oh, shoot, oh, shoot, what did I get myself into? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's the perfect tease leading up to it, because like you said, we haven't seen we haven't seen any lightsabers clash at all in any of the trailers, and now we know we're not going to, So, but we got hints of a lightsaber duel, and it's, I mean, we'll see how long it lasts, because it looks like Kylo Ren is going to be more than a match for Finn, but we'll have to see how it plays out. But man, just I thought it was a great way to end the trailer just to get you all hyped up for what's going to be a lightsaber fight coming in. But the expression on Finn's face, that's what makes you think more of where, at least for me, I don't think he's force sensitive in the story. I mean, I just think, I mean, this goes back to a rumor, I don't know if we talked about in the last episode or the one before it, where maybe stormtroopers were trained maybe not necessarily with lightsabers, but with like sword combat. So out of all the characters in their group, he would be the one to use it. But yeah, if he's not force sensitive, it kind of shows on his, on the look on his face there, but he's just kind of doing what he has to do in that moment to fight off Kylo Ren. But regardless, I thought it was a great way to end the trailer. It was definitely like an, Oh man moment. <laughs> I yeah. think we all said that as we were watching it together. <laughs> yeah. So cool. Um, if you haven't seen John Boyega's re reaction video oh, to this yes. trailer, <laughs> definitely go watch it. Um, he posted first, he posted just like a 15 minute or a 15 second video on Instagram where he's just watching the very end of the trailer. And then he posted like the whole thing on Facebook, I think. Um, but yeah, he's just kind of sitting there like looking real hyped and energetic. And, you know, you see, and all this stuff happening. He's like, yep, 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 yep. And then it gets to that last shot of, um, you know, him igniting the lightsaber. And then as soon as Kylo walks into the shot and swings his lightsaber up, John Boyega like flips over his couch yeah. and he's just like <laughs> screaming and he's got, you know, maybe like his friend or his brother or somebody who's watching it with him. And the dude's just like screaming and going crazy. And, um, I'm like, man, it's so cool to see that, you know, he's as, as much as he's like, 
you know, is a, a lucky guy who gets to actually be a part of this. Like he's a fan of it just as much as we are. Um, and I'm sure is probably even more excited to see this stuff than some of us are because yeah. it's like on the one hand, he knows more about it than we do because he got to be there and shoot it. But on the other hand, um, I mean, I kind of know this from from personal experience, having you know directed a Star Wars short film, like even with all the talk about the the practical effects and the real sets and everything that they're doing for this movie you still don't really, you know, you, you feel like you're out there shooting a movie. You don't necessarily feel like you're in the star Wars universe. Cause there's still a bunch of cameras around and, you know, lighting and, and crew people all over the place. And when you're having a lightsaber fight like this, you know, you, you maybe get like a, a realistic looking lightsaber hilt, but it's just got a stick coming out of it. And, you know, <laughs> you're fighting with sticks and they add the effects in later. So to see, um, the, the just sort of a glimpse of the finished product with, you know, the, the lighting and the music and the effects and everything. And then to see those lightsabers for the first time, I'm sure like if that were me, I would have flipped over my couch too. Exactly. I mean, yeah, you just, I'm sure you're just picturing it in his head as he's filming it, what it's going to look like, but then to see it actually play out for the first time and then just waiting so long too, from when he's filmed it. And now we've seen what the finished product is. Yeah. I mean, I don't think who wouldn't have that reaction if you're a Star Wars fan who gets to be in the movie. So, yeah, it was definitely a cool seeing his reaction on there, too. Yeah. OK, so. Speculation time. Um, I mean, I want to talk about this scene a little bit more. And uh, also one other shot that we see earlier in the trailer, it's you know a shot of Ray crying and um, I don't want to get too much into who or what she's crying over to kind of avoid spoiler territory for some folks. But um, obviously it's kind of set in that, I think in that same environment. I mean, yeah, if you look behind is. her, it looks like there's, you know, snow and, and same kind of trees and all that kind of stuff. So I think um, Kylo is going to do something to upset Ray and most likely uh, the rest of the audience as well. Um, and, and Finn, who is then gonna, you know, ignite the lightsaber and challenge Kylo to a duel. Um, you know, even though, like you said, maybe he, I, I think he's probably got some melee weapons training. I don't think he's force sensitive or if he is obviously hasn't been trained as a Jedi and, you know, hasn't trained a lot in lightsaber combat. So, I mean, even if he can use the force, he's not nearly going to be on Kylo's level as far as just lightsaber combat is concerned. Um, so I don't think that fight's going to last very long. Um, and I think Finn is going to lose. I don't think he's going to die. Maybe he'll continue in the long tradition of Star Wars heroes, you know, getting arms or hands chopped off in a lightsaber duel. Um, maybe he'll escape with just a, a couple of flesh wounds like Obi-Wan did in episode two. Um, and then I think this is going to be the moment when Rey, who either has been trying to distance herself from her whole family legacy and the force and all that sort of thing, or just hasn't realized that she's had it, um, or, you know, hasn't necessarily wanted to be a part of that. I think this is going to be the moment where she finally sort of embraces, um, her calling as a Jedi and is going to pick up that lightsaber and fight off Kylo a whole lot better than Finn did. Um, or maybe she's going to, I mean, maybe they'll they'll fight for a little bit. Maybe we'll see, you know, possibly a, a small spark of good in Kylo. Maybe he won't want to kill his sister and he'll just retreat from the battle. I don't know. Um, I can see that. I, I have no idea how this battle's going to end. I mean, we've heard rumors that, like, 
Luke shows up in the middle of it to save the day, but it doesn't, I, I, I don't think that's going to be the case. Although if that were the case, that would be freaking awesome. Like, yeah, what? <laughs> how cool. But I mean, if everybody's like searching for Luke the whole time, that could kind of seem like just a, a deus ex machina moment where, um, you know, oh, suddenly Luke just appears out of nowhere to save the day. Um, I mean, it could be cool, but it also could come off as, you know, kind of unsatisfying if they, if they don't do it right. But, um, and at the same time, I'm like, how are Finn or Ray going to have enough Jedi training in this movie to be able to beat Kylo in a lightsaber duel? I don't know. Um, so, you know, we'll see. I mean, maybe Poe Dameron flies over in his X-Wing and, you know, shoots a, a torpedo or something that blows up and causes an explosion <laughs> that distracts Kylo and the heroes get away or something. I don't know. Um, obviously, you know, can't wait to find out. I'm glad that we don't know how this is going to end um, and how things are all going to wrap up. Cause I just can't wait to find that out when we see the movie itself. So um, yeah, super exciting, but obviously, you know, I mean, such a great way to end that teaser with, um, or, you know, and, and the trailer with just that tease of a lightsaber duel. Um, because like you said, we never actually see the blades clash or anything like that. But, um, you know, obviously like if you've seen a star Wars movie movie before, you know, what's about to go down. Yes, you do. <laughs> and I pretty much agree with you on all your points of speculation where that's kind of what I want to see happen too. I think that'd be really cool, but I'm also wondering too, how come Kylo Ren has his helmet off now did he get attacked by like during a fight did he lose it somehow and that's what uh, makes him even more mad and starts to attack finn or is it somewhere i don't know because of the environment he needs to see better without it i don't know i'm just curious to what happens to make him remove that mask because you think he it seems like he wears it all the time and mm -hmm. a lot of the other shots in the trailer and just even other images where he has that mask on you think it'd be something really important to him too especially if he modeled it after darth vader where if he loses it somehow or gets damaged in battle, it'd probably make him even more upset. Maybe that's why he's storming at Finn like that. Yeah. Well, again, um, I think this might have something to do with, um, I, I mean, I think it might be sort of a, a personal character moment. Um, obviously, you know, when the shot that we saw from the first trailer of him kind of stumbling through the forest and then igniting the lightsaber, he still has the hood on and everything. Yeah. Um, and then this shot where he's coming at Finn, he's got it off. I think something else is going to happen in the meantime. I think he's going to encounter another character. Um, I mean, maybe Ray, but I'm thinking, you know, maybe possibly his father or somebody like that, that he would like take his mask off to confront. Um, and then just still has, and then still has it off when he's fighting Finn. Yeah. Okay. I see where you're going with it and I like where you're going with it. <laughs> um, you know, whether it be that he just like takes it off himself or maybe somebody shoots him in the face and his mask actually has, you know, sufficient armoring that he doesn't get his face blown off, but it like knocks the mask off or something like that. Um, or I, I don't know, but obviously, um, I don't think he's just, I, I don't think he's going to take it off just to fight Finn. Um, yeah. cause I don't think he and Finn are going to have that much of a connection except that, you know, for the fact that Finn is with Ray, um, and he has a lightsaber he wants. <laughs> well, yeah, that too. Um, 
but you know, I, I don't think, I mean, from what we've, you know, some of the rumors and stuff that we've heard, it seems like Captain Phasma is going to be the one in this movie that's hunting Finn because yeah. of the whole stormtrooper connection and that, um, Kylo Ren is going to be going after Ray and Luke's lightsaber and all that, you know, the more the force side of things. Um, so yeah, that, that's sort of, you know, my predictions and thoughts on that. Yep. And like I said, I like where you were going with it. I wouldn't mind if all what you said happens, but yeah, man. I mean, like we said, great way to end the trailer, just getting you more hyped up. I mean, I'm more hyped up just talking about it again. And it's been a week since it came out. So yeah, <laughs> it's just so much cool stuff in it. And I don't know. I'm going to ask you this on the spot. I don't know if you thought about it already, but do you have a favorite now out of the three trailers? Oh goodness. Um, they're all special. <laughs> in yeah. Ways. Well, you know what? I can, I can definitely rule out the first one. Um, I mean, you know, obviously I love that trailer. It'll always, like you said, be, that'll always have a special place just for being the first look that we ever got at footage from the movie. Um, I mean, I think I would have to say that this trailer is my favorite just because of how much stuff we saw in there. Um, but also, I mean, that second trailer is right up there with it because that one will always have a, a special place in my heart just because of being there at Celebration. Yeah. Um, and as much fun as was watching this one with you and Paul and, uh, you know, kind of sharing our, our live reactions to it over Skype, it just wasn't the same as being in a room with, you know, 2000 or something like that, other fans just absolutely losing our minds over that second trailer. Um and, uh, I mean, that second trailer is great too. Like I said, this one just has so much more stuff. Um, you know, like we said, the music is great. You hear dialogue for the first time. We see just so many different, um, you know, the aerial battles and the lightsaber duel and the, you know, some of the, the other really cool shots that we've talked about. Um, so I, I guess I would have to say this one's my favorite just because of, um, the amount of stuff that we've seen in it, just the, um, um, I don't know. I, I totally, but yeah, like everything. Um, but just the, yeah, the, the variety of stuff and the, the amount of surprises in it too. Um, and I think that second trailer, it still had some surprises in there. Like we weren't expecting to see the crash star destroyer at the beginning. Um, but I think a lot of us, you know, we were hoping to see all of the three main characters in there, but you know, we just see Han and Chewie at the end, which turned out to be perfect. But I think for that one, I had more expectations and, you know, it, it met some of them. It didn't meet some of them. It gave me some surprises that I wasn't expecting, but for this one, um, I mean, it's, it's funny because it just came out a week ago, but I'm already having trouble thinking about like, you know, before this trailer came out, did I really have expectations for it or did I just want to see more stuff? And I mean, maybe I didn't really have that high expectations. I mean, I had high expectations for it. Obviously I wanted it to be awesome. I wanted it to, to blow me away and it certainly did, but, um, maybe because we had seen a few more things like from the first two trailers, I didn't necessarily have like a wish list of, um, you know, stuff that needed to be checked off. Mm -hmm. Um, and if I did, you know, like I said, I would have liked to see Luke. I would have liked to see Maz Kanata, but I, I was not expecting just the, uh, the, like I said, the, the aerial dogfights, the Knights of Ren, the star killer base blowing stuff up, the, you know, the, the dialogue, uh, voiceovers, the music that was in there. Um, 
was just, I mean, it was, it was just so much stuff. It, it was a trailer that was just like rich in star Wars goodness. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the, yeah, that's, I, I, I gotta go with that one. Yeah. I mean, it's probably easy to say that this one's are because I'm going to pick this one too, but just cause it's, I don't want to say just because it's new now, but you just all the right reason that you said, I mean, we got dialogue from characters. Finally, there were surprises in it too. Some like, mouth dropping moments also but like i said before each of them are special for their own reasons i mean like i said celebration being together with you and a bunch of other star wars fans seeing that together for the first time was awesome and we got to see cool stuff but at the same time i don't want to sell the first teaser short either that was really cool i mean we didn't know what time it was dropping so i stayed up pretty much all night <laughs> just <laughs> waiting for that thing and trying to keep other people in board like what's it gonna drop and then it finally happened like it was like seven o'clock in the morning and just having that start your day to getting to see the very first footage of the force awakens was pretty awesome. And it's, it's still like these said, holds a special place in my art and memory too. When I think, look back on it. So all of them are special, but I think when it comes down to the best put together trailer, this probably because it's the other two are teasers and this is a trailer, but still this one, yeah, it's hard not to pick this one right now, but I think in the end, we're going to look back at all three of them very fondly. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I said this after the second trailer came out and I'll say it again. Well, I, I don't know if I can still say it again with this third trailer, just cause like I said, there was so much cool stuff in there, but my favorite shot of all the trailers still might be that first shot of the X wings from the first mm. trailer. Just, you know, that first shot of them flying across the water, um, is just so cool. Um, yeah, I mean, I, first time. yeah, yeah. I mean, and that was something from that first trailer that I wasn't really expecting to see. Like I said, I you think so much of X-Wings and TIE Fighters in like space battles. Um, and so to see just this shot of a lake and then hear that the roar of the X-Wing engines and then see them like skimming across the surface of the water, you know, kicking up these huge jets of mist behind them. I was like, that is just so amazing um and something you know i never would have expected to see in a star wars movie before but now it looks like it's just going to fit in perfectly and i can't wait to see that whole sequence yeah but now the when we see the movie the question is going to be how much of like hopefully all of it but you know there's always shots and trailers that don't make the final cut in the movie <laughs> hopefully none of the really really cool ones get on the editing room floor but we'll have to wait and see which shots don't make it yeah well again at this point I think like normally with other movies, you get longer trailers that give more stuff away. You get more TV spots and stuff like that. I kind of get the feeling that with these trailers, um, I mean, unless they just happen to cut out some quick shot from an action scene or something like that. Um, I, I feel like they've only shown us, um, I mean, like, like they've kept a lot of the, the surprising stuff, but still, I, I feel like they've given us like the essentials of the movie, if that makes yeah. sense, like not the essentials of the plot and what happens and spoilers and stuff like that. But, um, I mean, I, I get the feeling that most of, if not all of these shots are going to end up being in the final movie because they haven't, it, it feels like they've definitely like trimmed the fat with these trailers. Like we're only going to show the audience what we feel like we really need to show them to get people excited for this movie, to get people to buy the tickets and, you know, get butts in seats on December 18th. Um, and so, you know, I, I just kind of feel like in that sense, they wouldn't really show us a lot of stuff that might end up getting cut. Um, 
and you know, I, I think they've they've just chosen what to show really carefully, as they have. I mean, all along, whether it be the trailers, the posters, the the magazine articles, whatever. Um, this has all, you know, obviously been a, a really calculated strategy all along for the whole marketing approach to this. Yep, and I would say they've been successful so far. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know, it's funny because like before the trailer, um, you know, some of us were like, "Oh, when's it coming out?" You know, it should have come out on Force Friday, and why do we have to wait till October? And you know, it, we're getting closer and closer to the movie. Why don't we have a new trailer yet? Um, but then, I mean, once we saw the trailer, it's like, "Oh, that's why they waited this long." Because you know, I, I mean, one, they built up anticipation for it. Um, I, I think they purposely kind of starved us a little bit and we're like, okay, we're going <laughs> to wait till people like are, you know, everybody really is, you know, wanting to see another trailer for this movie and then we'll put it out there. Um, but also, I mean, like we've, we've said so many times, there's just so much good stuff in here, um, that, you know, now after the fact, looking back on it, I'm like, I don't mind having to wait because it was certainly, you know, it, it was a big payoff. Um, yeah. and now, I mean, that's gonna keep me satisfied till the movie comes out yeah i'm good too i mean you don't need trailer four and hopefully tv yeah. spots would just be little trimmed down versions of all three uh, trailers and maybe a few new shots of n new footage but even that i don't think we really need and like you said we're coming down the home stretch we're less than two months now and this trailer i think like you said is enough to keep us satisfied till december 17th now I'm, since i actually have my tickets that say december 17th i have to refer to that now as when we're actually going to see it yeah yeah for sure which you know kind of helps a little bit with the waiting it's like well it's not really december 18th i i can check one more day off the countdown list yep so whenever you look at the star wars app what did you say it was 51 days now it was only it's really only 50 um i think it was 52 maybe well, either way, or maybe it was no, maybe it was fifty one. <laughs> I don't know. I'm checking again because now I want to know. Oh yeah, no. Well, it is fifty one, but it's like fifty one in one hour. <laughs> so okay. I don't know. Maybe it is really just fifty one till the seventeenth. I don't know. Um, point is, it's getting close. Yes. <laughs> um, and and I mean, man, we're just super excited about it. Um, so let's see. I feel like I was going to say something else and I don't remember, but you know what we, Oh, so I was, no, that's what I was going to do. I was going to bring up just a couple other, um, force awakens related items that we've got here to talk about. Um, mainly just that the world premiere of the movie is going to be on December 14th in LA, um, which is the week that the movie comes out. So again, just kind of like with the book and the soundtrack and everything like that, they're not giving anything away, too far in advance um obviously they want to be like super tight locked down on spoilers and stuff like that so even with um you know showing it to the press and getting reviews from critics and all that kind of stuff they're holding that off until like the beginning of that week um to try to you know control all that information as much as possible um and then also to no one's great surprise um just that Monday when the, the trailer dropped and the tickets went on sale and everything, uh, we shattered, um, <laughs> pre, you know, ticket pre-sale records. I think shattered is a little too light. We destroyed. <laughs> we <laughs> obliterated with the Death Star's fully armed and operational weapon system. Or even Starkiller base. <laughs> Destructive new weapons. Yeah, that do. Um, man, I mean, the... The movie has already made $6.5 million from 
IMAX ticket sales alone. And that was from the first day. Like, I don't even know how much it's made to this point so far. And, you know, we probably won't find out until the movie comes out. Um, but like just the, in the first 24 hours that tickets went on sale, they made $6.5 million in just IMAX sales. And that was like eight times higher than, um, the, the previous record. Um, or I think the, the previous record was like under a million. And then, you know, so, so Star Wars made 6.5 million for, you know, pre-sale, uh, you know, first day of pre-sale just for IMAX. I don't, I haven't even seen like specific numbers for, um, you know, all the other, um, just the, the general tickets and the, the 3d tickets and all that kind of stuff, except that we've heard that, um, it broke the record for like first day ticket sales by like over eight times or something yep. like that. So, um, yeah. And of course, you know, we, we crashed Fandango and all these other websites, but, um, as much as it was kind of frustrating trying to, you know, refresh those pages and stuff it, at the same time, it was kind of fun just to be, um, you know, part of something that big. Uh, you know, even though I think yeah, at that point I was still just talking to you and Paul about it, but knowing that like Star Wars fans all over the planet right now are all trying to get their tickets to see episode seven right now. Yeah. Now we can look back at it finally, even though, like you said, it was a little frustrating (laughs) in the first few hours and me having to wait several hours after the trailer debuted to finally get my tickets. But yeah, now that I have them and seeing how great it did with numbers and sales, yeah, it's just really cool now yeah it's even cool to think back at how everything crashed now <laughs> how just crazy it was and just how man star wars is back <laughs> i mean yeah besides the diehard fans like us wanting to see a new episode in the star wars saga now it's, it's starting to transcend all just like the diehard fans i mean you're getting just the general public more aware of it now with the trailer and then wanting to get the tickets so yeah it's before we know we're, we're going to be seeing it everywhere we're already starting to i mean since fourth friday but it's just going to be all over the place in the next few months yeah and of course we already knew this anyways but just seeing those pre-sale ticket numbers um is just more evidence of the fact that this movie is going to make ridiculous amounts of money when it opens oh yes um, and you know i've said all along like we're we've heard some people just predict that this is going to be the biggest movie of all time um I will definitely say it's going to be the biggest movie of the year. It's going to pass Jurassic World. Um, heck, it might pass Jurassic World on its first weekend, for all we know. Um, <laughs> the the long-term success of it, you know, whether it can dethrone Avatar and, you know, Titanic and take over, you know, topple James Cameron as the box office king, it's just going to depend on how good the movie is because you're not going to break those records just from everybody going to see it once. It's going to be, uh, you know, the, the hardcore fans going to see it multiple times. It's going to be... Um, you know, people who've seen it, you know, just the word of mouth spreading yeah. and, and people convincing their friends who were on the fence about it that, man, you got to go see this movie. Um, but, you know, while I'm still not quite ready to say like, yeah, the movie's absolutely going to be fantastic and everybody's going to want to go see it a bunch of times. Um, just, you know, seeing the new trailer, like, because that's the most substantial look at the, at the movie that we've seen so far. And that, you know, there was more stuff in that trailer than there were in the first two. Um, I'm like the, the small part of me that was, you know, still kind of hesitant and thinking like, well, the movie might not be that great is just like continuing to diminish more and more. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I mean, everything we've, we've seen and heard so far points to this movie just being something really special. Yep. There's this one thing that remains. It just needs to come out now. That's it. (laughs) Yep. Um, 
Well, we have talked the the trailer and the poster to death um, and already gotten to almost two and a half hours here. So, uh, and we still had a bunch of other stuff we were going to talk about. Let's just kind of rattle some of this off real quick, Tim. Um, so the first other thing we're going to mention, um, of course, one of our other favorite things to talk about on this on this podcast that we're super excited about, Star Wars Battlefront. Um, it actually kind of turned out to somewhat be fortuitous that we were able that uh, we had to push our recording back a day because they released the the battlefront gameplay launch trailer today um that just looked amazing um (laughs) and you know just made us even more excited for that game also since the last time we recorded we got to play the beta uh which we had just an absolute blast with um and you know again just I mean, I, I think I played a combined like almost 24 hours of that beta just, you know, over the the four or five days or whatever that it was up for that weekend. Um, and man, just can't wait to get my hands on it again and try out, you know, more maps and game modes and all that kind of stuff. Um, that was yeah. just uh, so much fun. You definitely played it more than I did because I think I was only able to clock in about five hours for the whole weekend or the, the beta was out. But yeah, man, it was lots of fun. And I will say right now, the only... I mean, there was only three modes you can play, but Walker Assault really wasn't my favorite. I mean, I think, if anything, maybe it was just the map and how it was on Haas and how it was laid out. But I think on other maps, maybe it'll be fun. But, boy, Drop Zone was a blast. I mean, yeah, playing with you, like, you, me, and Paul, we played a lot. I mean, you two played more than I did, but when the three of us got together, it was really, really fun. And just a small tease of what it's actually going to be when we get the full game. Because, we, like I said, you guys played it a lot, but it was only those two maps to go on. I mean, mm-hmm. sure there was survival mode, but when you want to play with other players, there was just two maps and it was lots of fun. Like I said, drop zone was really cool on Solas. I just can't wait to play on all those other maps. I mean, it's funny how we were kind of, or at least I was a little disappointed, maybe complaining about the small amount of content we were getting, which is the original trilogy maps and how that would play out where it's not as much as the first two, but if we had so much fun just playing those two <laughs> planets with the beta, it's. I think we're going to be satisfied with the different modes and the different planets that we are getting in, this, in the initial, initial launch of the game. So, yeah, it's going to be so much fun just basing it off the, what, uh, the experience we had with the beta. It's, the full game is going to be amazing. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny because going into the beta, I mean, I was definitely more excited for the Walker Assault than Drop Zone. And like you said, ended up having a lot more fun on Drop Zone. Although I will say the the Walker Assault, um, I mean, I found to maybe be a little bit frustrating at the beginning, but kind of got used to it. Um, and so by the end, I, I started playing some more Walker Assault and was enjoying myself with that more too. But um Man, yeah, we just had so much fun on that drop zone, and we're playing it over and over again. And I guess the one thing I was kind of worried about going into the beta, I was like, I know this is going to be fun. I know we're going to spend a ton of hours playing it. So I hope we just, like, don't get burned out on these two maps to the point that, like, when the full game comes out, it's like, man, I don't want to play Walker Assault on Hoth anymore because I, you know, just ground myself to death playing that in the beta. But... Yeah, by the end of it, like that, especially that drop zone on Solace, like I could have played that for another like two weeks just on that map <laughs> without getting tired of it. So, um, yeah, definitely looking forward to when the full game comes out. Um, they've also announced um, some more. Well, I guess the the remainder of the uh, game modes that'll be in it. So there's uh, one called Droid Run, which kind of sounds a 
kind of similar to drop zone where you're you're trying to protect a, a certain objective except these are droids that move around the yeah. battlefield so it's like drop zone with moving targets kind of is what it sounds like um and then one called cargo which sounds like a really fun take on capture the flag yeah i can't um, remember that one where each team has like five cargo boxes and so instead of it just being like you try to steal the other team's flag or they try to steal your flag it's like you're constantly trying to steal each other's cargo and be like the one team with the most cargo in their base at the end of the um the end of the map or the end of the round yeah because what's cool about it normally in capture the flag you can't score unless your flag's intact but with this one it doesn't matter it's just whoever has the most uh, cargo in their base by the, at the end of the match that wins it because i think they even said it on their site on the official battlefront site where it can kind of get annoying if someone just takes your flag and just hides out and you can't score even though you have the opponent's flag and it's just two people standing there doing nothing who can't score so this yeah. is gonna fix that where just both you can score without uh the cargo or with your cargo being there and it's gonna amount your just have to rack rack, uh, rack up your points by the end of the match to see you win so i think that's uh, definitely a much better like improvement over the normal capture the flag formula mm -hmm. yeah for sure and then they've also got uh this mode called hero hunt which to me sounds kind of like, um, what's it called? Like infection in Halo where one person's like a zombie with a sword and everybody mm -hmm. else is trying not to get killed. Um, this is like an eight player mode where one person's playing as a hero and the other seven people are playing as, um, you know, soldiers from the, the opposing faction. And it's either, you know, the seven of you trying to team up and take down the hero. And then the other person as, you know, Darth Vader or Luke Skywalker or whoever else, um, trying to survive for as long as possible and kill as many people as possible. Um, so that sounds like a lot of fun. And speaking of which, they also um, announced the full roster of playable heroes that are going to be in the game. Um, so in addition to Luke and Vader, who we got to try out in the beta, there's also going to be uh, Princess Leia and Han Solo for the uh, the Rebel team, and then uh, Boba Fett and Emperor Palpatine for the, <laughs> that was uh, a surprise the for Empire. That was a surprise, but it sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it, they all have different roles to play. I mean, obviously, Luke and Vader are the sort of the the melee guys running around with the, you know, you're doing the lightsaber attacks and got the force powers and stuff like that. Um, and then Han and Boba Fett are the ranged guys who, you know, are going to do a lot of damage from range or in Boba Fett's case from the air with their, their blasters and their whole arsenal of tricks there. Um, and then, um, I mean, Leia and Palpatine seem like they're going to be pretty interesting because they're sort of like the support class, if you will, um, where, I mean, even though Leia's got a blaster and she can, uh, you know, fire at people and Palpatine, it seems like it's just going to exclusively... Uh, be blasting people with force lightning like i don't think he's even going to have lightsaber attacks yeah <laughs> um, it seems like he's going to exclusively just be shooting force lightning at people um, but then they also both have a lot of like um sort of team support buffs and things like that and they can like call in uh supply drops to get power-ups for for other soldiers around you so um it seems like it's going to be a, a fun mix of characters with some diverse play styles there so yeah, I just um, got to make sure I don't disgrace myself again. Because in the beta, I was <laughs> Vader once, and I blasted like five seconds. Like, I blasted my heart, like, so quick. I didn't even have time to look at the button control to see what I would do to use my lightsaber or force choke. I was dead before I knew it. Like, <laughs> I was embarrassed of disgrace. <laughs> well, at least you didn't end up like that one guy in the video oh, yeah. um, <laughs> playing as Luke who got stomped on by the Imperial Walker. That's right. <laughs> But man, how awesome was that final shot in the new trailer though, where we see Palpatine 
blasting his force lightning and Luke's just jumping but dodging it with or deflecting it with his lightsaber and they're just about to clash and that's where it ends. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully we can have a or for me personally, be able to play that good to have a fight like that. <laughs> with yeah. another player. It, it wasn't quite as cool as the end of the E3 trailer where you, you know, see uh, Luke and Vader lock sabers right there at the end. But um, yeah, still really cool to see. And of course the trailer showed off, um, you know, some more of the locations, some more units, especially like the, the rebels with the customizable um, looks for your characters where, you know, you saw like, men and women and aliens and uh you know all that kind of stuff so um but then you know also like they showed off all six of the different heroes in the trailer and some more of the vehicles and stuff like that so uh man this is just going to be such a blast when that comes out what was also cool in the trailer and we got to hear the characters talk which reveals some of the voice actors i mean i think it was during the beta, the leak came out where it does sound like that Tim Morrison is doing the voice for Boba Fett, which I think is awesome. And it sounded cool, too, where in the trailer where he was like about to fall into the Starlight Pit, he's all like, I'm not making that mistake again. <laughs> yeah, he's like, not this time or something yeah. like that. <laughs> and then Sam Witwer's back as uh, Emperor Palpatine, so it looks like he's going to be our go-to voice for Palpatine for a while, which is great because he does an awesome job in Rebels and The Force Unleashed, so... Anytime they can get him is fine with me. Yeah, definitely. Now, did they confirm for sure that he's Palpatine in this game? He he did on Twitter, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Because there was one line like early in the trailer where I didn't quite think it sounded like him, but then toward, there was another line like at the end when he's about to fight Luke, and I was like, oh, that really does sound like him. So Yeah, he, um, he said something like, as long as they keep asking me back, I'll, I'll be happy to like play in this universe or something to that effect. Yeah, well, that is good to hear because... I mean, I, I don't think there's anyone I'd rather hear voice Palpatine aside from Ian McDermott himself. Exactly. Yeah. So win-win. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then in other video game stuff, um, for any of you out there like me who are fans of Star Wars The Old Republic, uh, they just released the new uh, Knights of the Fallen Empire expansion. Um, actually, it was for subscribers. The early access started a week ago, so I've been playing some of that. Absolutely love the new story. Um, and they, they've kind of upgraded some of the, the graphics a little bit and the, the new story content is just a lot more cinematic and dynamic in terms of like the camera angles and stuff like that. So, um, I've just really been enjoying the new story and they've packed a, a lot of content in here to, uh, you know, keep you going with new stuff for a while. So, uh, that's really cool. And I, like I said, the, the early access started a week ago, but I think just today, um, it started for, for everyone. So, um, you know, if you're, uh, you know, fans of that game, or even if you've been thinking about, uh, you know, trying the game out, um, that is, you know, definitely some, some cool new Star Wars stories that's uh, definitely worth checking out, in my opinion. Yeah, um, at the very least, to keep you uh, occupied till Battlefront comes out. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, I'm in a guild with people that I do um, operations with and stuff like that, and I've given them fair warning. Like, when Battlefront comes out, I might just disappear off the yeah. face of the earth. <laughs> very um, considerate of you <laughs> yeah I, I mean i'll still probably try to keep playing a little bit um and especially because with this new um expansion in the the knights of the fallen empire actually what it is like past expansion packs you've had to pay you know 10 15 20 dollars or whatever um and it just con comes with like sort of a, a new self-contained story with this one they're actually making it free for subscribers 
but um, it's sort of a, a chapter-based story, and this big update that just came out has, like, the first nine chapters, and I think the overall story is going to have, like, 17 chapters or something like that, and I think starting in maybe January, they're going to start releasing, like, one chapter a month. Um, so it's, it's something where, you know, rather than trying to make you pay for the expansion, they just want to keep people subscribed and get money that way, and then they'll kind of keep releasing story content periodically. So even if I'm mostly preoccupied with Battlefront, I'll at least keep coming back to play each new story chapter when they release those. So um, that'll, you know, keep me hooked in at least a little bit. Or you could try to play both at the same time, see how that works out for you. <laughs> I don't think that would work very well, unless I could be like a, a monkey or something with, uh, you know, really good control of my, uh, you know, gripping stuff with my feet and my toes and everything. And I could be working my mouse and keyboard with my hands and playing Battlefront on my Xbox controller with my feet. But I'm not planning to try to learn that new skill anytime soon. Yeah. <laughs> uh you can have that in the back of your mind just in case you're really desperate to get to play both games. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then also, I mean, lastly, as far as video game stuff, um, they just released some new images and info about the Force Awakens expansion for the um, Disney, uh, the Disney Infinity game. Um, and, you know, they've got uh, figures for Rey, uh, Finn, Poe Dameron, and Kylo Ren, of course. Um, and, you know, a couple new screenshots and stuff here. So um, I still have yet to try that game out, although I'd like to. Same here. Um, still, you know, like I said, for me, just the whole idea of, you know, buying a game and then buying an expansion for the game and then buying action figures to buy, you know, to unlock characters in the game. I'm like, I'm sure it's a lot of fun, but that just seems like I'd waste so much money on that. Um, I mean, maybe it wouldn't be a waste if it was worth it and all, you know, a lot of fun. But still, I'm like... Uh, my wallet hurts just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, I hear it's really good, but eventually maybe like in a price drop or a miracle happens or fortunate enough to fall into like a truckload of money or something like that where I don't have to worry about blowing it <laughs> on <laughs> games and toys. I'll get it. But I'll tell you this. If they come out with a Captain Phasma uh, figure for it, I'll be getting it regardless if I have the game or not. <laughs> just yeah, there you go. It would be cool. Um. Yeah, so we'll see about that. I don't know. Maybe that's stuff that I'll just ask for for Christmas and see if I get it, but who knows. Um, so, I mean, we, we've talked about the movie. We've talked about the video game stuff. Uh, the other big thing that's happened since our last episode was uh, the season two premiere of Star Wars Rebels. Um, and, uh, I mean, la I think last time we recorded, Tim, you were about to go off to, or maybe, uh, no, I think you already had gone to the yeah. the screening of it. Um, but now that we've all seen it, um, you want to maybe give us a, a little bit more, um, you know, some, some more uh, specific thoughts about, uh, you know, the return of Captain Rex and what all went down in, the, in those episodes? Oh, so good. <laughs> I mean, the clones are back. I mean, that was, uh, you heard my reaction from Celebration when we saw that trailer and Rex's voice came up. And I was happy to say, for me, the episodes lived up to my expectations of their return, and what I thought was good about it, like I said in the last episode, answered some questions, but raised some new ones, because when that first moment where they see Kanan and the Ghost Crew, like, Wolf freaks out. I mean, he's all like, it's the Jedi. They're back for revenge. And Rex says, these aren't the Jedi that betrayed us. So, But then later on, he says some dialogue where I, I worked hard to maintain my trust to like my general or what we all know is Anakin and how he has, doesn't seem like he has any love for the empire, but yet it seems like they're in communication with the empire still. So after order 66, were they still with the empire and 
did they and that's what makes it weird because does they still think that some Jedi did betray him, but they yet they took their chips out before Order 66 happened and Rex said we all had a choice. So different stuff like that where it makes you still question like what actually happened during that time period. And I just can't wait to find out. Hopefully him and Ahsoka will have a conversation about that as they try to catch up since the events in the Clone Wars. So yeah, I just loved seeing them interact with not only with uh, Kanan and the Ghost Crew, especially Kanan in that moment um, where he was telling Ezra what happened with him as a Jedi in Order 66 was just really, really cool. And then it really adds to it when you read the Kanan comic. So Yeah, absolutely. You can picture what Kanan's talking about <laughs> as you read those issues. So that was really cool. But then I also love the clone just talking smack to the Empire. When General when Agent Callus called them up to reveal uh, their location to the uh, give him the rebels and like Rex is all like that classic line already from the trailer where he says, I hope you brought a better class of soldiers than those stormtroopers. And then Callus is all like, Oh, they served the empire, and I've got a like many battalions of them. He's like, Oh, you're gonna need all of them. <laughs> like, I wanted to do like a cheer and a yell out <laughs> at the screening when I first saw it, but it was a small screening room. I, I probably would have gotten looks if I did that. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I just love that moment. Then seeing them take down that ATATs was just so so cool. I mean. It's a small thing too, but I just love seeing Rex and Gre- or Wolf put on their old clone helmets and go into battle together. And they even had these cool lines where it's like, just like the old days where they see Kanan and Ezra jump down from the Phantom with their lightsabers and just bring back those memories of from the Clone Wars. It's so so good. So, yeah, I loved it. And then the big thing was the end. I mean, if you're a Clone Wars fan and watched it from the very beginning, from the movie in 2008, I mean, I think. Almost every fan, at least the ones I know and like saw on Twitter and the reactions, got a little choked up and maybe a lump in their throat when Rex sees Ahsoka for the first time. And then Ahsoka just gives him a hug. It's just like so cool after all the history they've been through in the Clone Wars. And like I said, if you're a fan from the beginning, seeing it, the relationship develop over the years, it was such a great payoff to see him back together again. So it was a great episode. I'm just excited for the season in a whole and where it's going to go with Rex part of the Ghost Crew now. So yeah, I loved it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, I, I think you pretty much hit all the, the main points on the head right there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was great to see the clones back in action. Great to get some more, um, you know, kind of teases at their backstory as far as like what happened with Order 66. But like you said, that uh, definitely sort of raised more questions than it answered. Um, especially like you said, the the point about um, that even though all three of those guys took their chips out and, you know, it seems like they didn't kill any Jedi when order 66 went down, they were still part of the empire and, you know, retired years later. Um, and so it's like, I, you know, kind of wonder how that went down. I still want to know, uh, why commander Apo was the one who led the raid on the Jedi temple and, you know, why he got promoted above Rex apparently was you know yeah. commander of the 501st. We could assume it had something to do with him taking with Rex, taking his chip out and, uh, you know, probably refusing the order to kill any Jedi, but then why would he still be part of the empire? Like that exactly. seems like something he would either get executed for, or that he would have to like desert and go on the run. Um, but then the biggest thing for me, um, which I don't think you mentioned, is when they first meet Rex and he's talking about Ahsoka and he oh, yeah. says, I fought beside her from the Battle of Christophsis to the Siege of Mandalore. That's something we haven't seen yet. Um, <laughs> nope. And so, I mean, it was it was kind of like 
you know, almost like Obi-Wan dropping that tease in A New Hope where he's, or even like Luke and Obi-Wan talking about it when he says, you fought in the Clone Wars. Um, and at the time it doesn't really seem like that big of a thing. And then, you know, obviously we come back to it years later and it's a, a huge event in the Star Wars galaxy. But, um, you know, Rex kind of just mentions it like it's no big thing and we're like wait a minute i i watched all six seasons of clone wars i didn't see any siege of mandalore <laughs> what is this siege of mandalore of which you speak and why do i not have that as legacy content um especially because if you remember like when clone wars got canceled and dave filoni released some concept art from upcoming episodes that you know we didn't think we'd get to see at the time um i i remember like one or two images that had uh, it looked like Ahsoka and Bogatan working together. Mm. Um, and of course, the that Darth Maul arc from season five still left a lot of questions unanswered, not just about what happened to Maul, but then also about um, the fate of Mandalore and sort of the resolution of that whole civil war that was going on. Um, and it ends with, uh, you know, Bogatan telling Obi-Wan to go back to the Republic and bring them back for help. And uh, Obi-Wan's like, yeah, but that'll probably lead to a Republic invasion of Mandalore, which is what you guys have been trying to avoid all along. Um, and she's like, yeah, but, you know, we'll survive like we always do, and it'll get rid of Maul and his forces. So, you know, this is, you know, what what needs to happen, uh, which seems like set up for, you know, what could have been a really cool story arc with a Republic battle of Mandalore, but we never got to see that. Um and it was kind of always like an open-ended question up until now, like would that have actually happened or not? And now we know something like that definitely happened. Um, and now I can't wait to find out how that all went down. And hopefully, I mean, I'm sure now that Rex has mentioned that in Rebels, um, that's got to be an indication that we'll be getting that story at some point, um, whether it be through another comic, another story reel, um, whether it just be told more as backstory in rebels i mean we know from uh the the season two trailer that we just got at new york comic-con that there will be some more stuff involving sabine and mandalore uh this season so maybe it'll all just tie into that somehow but i still would love to you know get like a, a self-contained uh story you know through more of that clone wars legacy content that uh tells us what the siege of mandalore was yeah i totally agree we're gonna get something for that i i personally think it's gonna be a comic and I think there might have been rumors about that where we may be getting a new comic series set in the Clone Wars era. I mean, we got a new comic announced at New York Comic Con, and that wasn't it. But still, I think that could be something that's down the line, especially if you, like you mentioned too, how we're going to get more into Mandalore in season two of Star Wars Rebels. So maybe once those episodes air, maybe that's where we'll, we'll get a comic series or, like I said, maybe a new story reel or something like that. But I think it's definitely coming. Yeah, I, I sure hope so. Um, but yeah, I mean, great episodes to kick off the season. Um, and of course, next week, or well, I guess this week coming up, um, actually just tomorrow as of when yeah. we're recording this, uh, but you know, we'll, we'll be getting more new episodes already and they're going to be diving right into uh, the, the two new Inquisitors for this season and all that kind of stuff. So um, can't wait to see where they go from here. And of course, um, you know, as we've said before, uh, we don't typically like talk about rebels uh you know week to week and cover every episode and stuff like that for for big things like the a season premiere or a season finale or something like that we'll kind of do our own review of it um but if you want some weekly rebels commentary uh, you can check out our friends mike and matt over on the rebels podcast and uh, they'll be uh, running down every episode for you and uh, giving you their thoughts on that so um yeah, definitely excited for more Rebels. And then lastly, we're going to talk about some books and stuff. Um, I mean, Tim, you mentioned that 
Um, there was a new comic series just announced that's going to be following Anakin and Obi-Wan in the days before the Clone Wars, um, which I'm pretty excited for, especially since it's the artwork is going to be done by uh, Marco Cicchetto, who did yes. the art for the Shattered Empire comics, which was just fan-flippantastic. Yep, oh, um, so I mean, I, I obviously am not nearly as much of a comic book aficionado as you are, um, but in the the limited amount of star Wars comics that I've read, those have got to be the, the visually the most impressive, the ones that I've read so far. Yeah, they definitely were for me. So when I found out he was doing the Obi-Wan and Anakin series, yeah, I was excited, especially yeah, because that announcement came, I think before issues three and four for shattered empire came out, I might be wrong, but um, either way, I just reading the whole shattered empire series got me more excited just visually for Obi-Wan and Anakin. But then from a story front too, I'm so glad it's set before the Clone Wars, like between episodes one and two, because especially now in the new canon, we don't have any really any stories in that era between Obi Wan and Anakin, and I'm kind of hoping that maybe because I want to see the story of how Anakin built his lightsabers because it's such a significant lightsaber, like I said on previous episodes, and I think that story needs to be told where he builds it for the first time, and kind of what has me a little excited about that because if you look at the cover. You see, they're on a snow planet, so I'm thinking maybe that might be Ilum. <laughs> you know? Oh, okay. So I thought you were going to say it's the planet that they end up converting into Starkiller beings. Uh, <laughs> hey, maybe that'll be it too. But that's what I thought when I saw the snow on there. Maybe it might be Ilum, and we're going to see how he builds his lightsaber, but then it leads into another adventure for Obi Wan and Anakin. So yeah, I'm excited for this one. Yeah, maybe we'll see that time they fell into a nest of gundogs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should see that too, yes. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm definitely excited for that. Um, they also announced, uh, two new novels that I believe are, well, actually, I guess they announced, uh, more than just two. They announced two sequels to, uh, the Aftermath, uh, novel, um, by Chuck Wendig. There'll be, so there'll be two more, uh, books in that series, um, called Aftermath Life Debt and Aftermath Empire's End. Um, and then... Um, let's see. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and then just this one other uh, New Republic Bloodline by Claudia Gray um, that'll be coming out um, March 29th of next year. Yeah. And which, yeah, I that's the book to be excited about because I haven't finished it yet, but I'm still in the middle of Lost Stars, and Lost Stars has been fantastic so far. It's it's shooting up there as one of my favorite Star Wars novels that I've read. So the fact that she's going to be doing a new book, I'm excited for it. So, like I said, I'm <laughs> going through lost stars pretty slowly which i mean like i said I, I usually don't finish books right away but this one's almost 500 pages so it's taking yeah. a little longer but i'm enjoying every chapter of it so far it's been really great so i'm excited to see what she does next yeah and i still haven't gotten that one yet but i've heard really good things about it so i definitely am still planning to check that out at some point um and then lastly um they also announced a new series of books focusing on like some of the background alien characters that we've seen um, in the images of uh, Maz Kanata's castle. So that should be uh, pretty cool as well, especially for you know people that are just fans of sort of the lore and the universe and the all the intricate you know backstories of like the the minor background characters and all that kind of thing. Yeah, it's kind of cool because it reminded me of the old. EU books like Tales from Jabba's Palace and Tales of the Bounty Hunters, that type of stuff. And yeah. Glad to see that 
tradition continue with the sequel trilogy also. I mean, how can you not be excited by the Crimson Corsair and the treasure of Count Dooku? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that title just screams at you. And I, I'm assuming the Crimson Corsair is the Red Grievous character. <laughs> yeah, see. yeah, exactly. So yeah, I wouldn't mind reading an adventure about him and treasure from Count Dooku. So well, heck, cool. if he's stealing treasure from Count Dooku, maybe that's where he got that mask from. Maybe it was ah. like a, a spare part for Grievous or something like that. Yeah, that'd be really cool, actually. Let's see. Now I want that to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I think all these are like electronic books first, or like they're going to be released electronically. Then I think next year or we're going to see like hard covers of them first. So. Oh, okay. If you're going to get them early, you have to download them first. So kind of different from Star Wars book releases because we know the Force Awakens books is coming out digitally first. So we have to wait till what January? It's not too long, but still, for those who like the printed versions like I do, it's gonna have to wait a little bit. Yeah. Um, now speaking of books, um, you know, we were gonna talk a little bit about some of the the comic series that are already out that we've read. Um, and just kind of give our thoughts on those a little bit. Um, particularly, uh, I know Shattered Empire is the one that just, you know, recently finished. And we both, I mean, Tim, you finished that one, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. And I mean, I just read the last issue of that as well. Um, and man, I, I really enjoyed that. Um, especially, I think the third issue might have been my favorite one where um, the, the main character, Shara Bay and Leia and the current queen of Naboo, you know, get in some old Naboo starfighters that have been sitting in the hangar for, you know, ever since episode one. Yeah. Um, and go try to, you know, take out some Star Destroyers and a bunch of, you know, crazy weather satellites and stuff like that. Um, but like I said, I mean, my favorite parts about the uh, about that comic series have a been uh, just the visuals and um, the artwork was just fantastic. Um, and then also, I mean, it was cool to just see the uh, the original cast members again, you know, seeing Han, Luke and Leia um, on different adventures and kind of seeing them in their prime again, you know, see just in the the weeks and months following the Battle of Endor. Um, so obviously, you know, they're not uh, the 30 year older versions that we're going to see in The Force Awakens, but um you know, still seeing Luke take out whole squads of stormtroopers with his lightsaber and seeing Han and Chewie, you know, infiltrate Imperial bases and all that kind of stuff. So it was, uh, you know, just kind of really fun to go back to that time period. Yeah, I loved it too. It was went by so fast though. <laughs> the issues yeah. came out really quick. So I was kind of sad to see it end. But like you said, it was great to see like the big three characters back again. And I love too, especially issue one, it takes place immediately after uh, Return of the Jedi ends like right after the Endor celebration like the next day Han is ready on another mission and what's cool about it too I don't think it's a spoiler anymore since especially the first issue has been out for a while now where pretty much the main character is uh, Poe's mother and her husband is not really in it that much as she is but we do see Poe Dameron's parents in there which is pretty cool and knowing that they're especially uh, her, his mother is an established Rebel Alliance uh, hero in a way because she's worked with Princess Leia in the story and in the final issue she goes on a mission with Luke Skywalker so you think she's going to be a character that's well well recognized in the rebellion and I think that just kind of leads more into what we can expect from Poe Dameron like he has this almost like uh, respected heritage within the rebellion that he has to live up to in a way and it kind of establishes how he might be a little more connected with Princess Leia in The Force Awakens, because as he, as Oscar Isaac said at Celebration, I mean, he's sent on a, a mission by Princess Leia. So 
they already established that connection where she knew his mother and so she's going to go to him for this mission so all that connectivity between the characters is really cool and like you said great prequel callbacks like that whole second and third issue events on Naboo with Princess Leia it was a lot of cool stuff some really geek out moments that I guess I won't spoil here because I think it's really cool if you just flip through the page and see what's happening on there so the second and third issues are great uh, episode one callbacks and then even in the fourth issue too was something that Luke goes on a mission he has to retrieve something from an Imperial base which is also a cool throwback to the prequels and the Jedi which I found to be pretty interesting so yeah a lot of great stuff in there and then yeah, another cool thing that I like too, Palpatine's uh, plans that he has in case of his death. He has these missions that he wants his Imperial generals to carry out. And one of them was, you know, to kind of get rid of all the secrets and like the history of him on Naboo, which I always was curious about, like, how did Palpatine view Naboo during the time of the Empire? And it's established in there that he like demilitarized them and got rid of their army. And now he was kind of get rid of it after his death. So I thought felt that was a pretty unique and I don't want to say cool to get rid of destroy a whole planet but it fits Palpatine's MO in a way that it would be something that he would do to like erase uh, I guess any secrets he may have at, at the time of his death so the whole story aspect of Shattered Empire is really cool so I definitely highly recommend that one as well as one of the better new canon Star Wars comics out there especially since it's a limited series only four issues anyone can really just pick it up and get into it fairly quickly and be entertained by it so yeah it's really good yeah definitely I mean I kind of wish it was longer and that um, you know obviously there's still a huge gap to fill in um, between episode six and seven so like even if they don't continue following uh, Shara Bay and her husband um, you know, you could bring in some new characters and just kind of keep telling stories of the rebellion and sort of where uh, things in the galaxy went from there. But obviously, I'm sure we'll get plenty more of those kind of stories in due time. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, like we said, just a, a really enjoyable uh, comic, you know, great looking comic and, uh, you know, a, a cool way to start bridging that gap, at least. Totally, yeah. I mean, great way that it... Like I said, I just loved how it took place immediately after Return of the Jedi. I just wanted to always wondering what happened right after that celebration. So the fact that we got that was really cool. And then to see it, other events play out not too long after that. So, yeah, really great story and insight to what it was like after the Battle of Endor. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Well, we are just about at another three-hour episode here to <laughs> nobody's great surprise. Um, in fact, I'm kind of surprised we're already almost done because when we were at like two two and a half hours and we had just finished talking about the trailer i was like crap this is gonna go like four or five hours five hours um, <laughs> but uh you know we, we kind of quickly ran through some of this other stuff but before we wrap up here um you know maybe we should have mentioned this earlier while we were talking about the trailer but tim i know you had been asking people um you know on facebook and twitter for some of their thoughts and comments about uh the trailer and stuff like that so we got any uh feedback that we want to share on the show here um, yeah, we actually got some several emails and some responses on Twitter and Facebook. So on Twitter first, we got uh, one from Tom McClellan who says, uh, love this trailer so much, it made me cry in that it showed us the tone and got us excited without giving us any plot details. And that he just loved, another thing that he loves is the speculation and theories that come out from the trailers. So yeah, that is pretty amazing where these three trailers so far, it gets us so excited. We're geeking out. I mean, you and me, speculated for almost three hours on these trailers but yet 
we still don't know too much, at least officially. I mean, there's rumors out there, but the fact that Lucasfilm hasn't really given us concrete plot details, I think is pretty amazing. So kudos to them for that. And then on Facebook, um, we got from my buddy Omar. He says that what some, one of his favorite moment was, was something we didn't mention actually, but was pretty cool that the Mandalorian flag that's on Maz Kanata's castle that was shining up there is like the skull image that Boba Fett has. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. I mean, I didn't notice it right away. And then when it was brought to our attention, I think I saw it on someone posted on Twitter. It's like, oh man, that's awesome. How did I not see that <laughs> right away? But then he also says that image that of uh, Ray crying. I mean, he mentioned something else on there, but I don't want to give it away for spoiler reasons, but <laughs> that's a pretty powerful moment too. So those are responses on Twitter, but then we got some emails. Um, first one from Adrian. This is regarding the poster where he says, Hey guys, and he's about the poster. No Luke on the poster. Weird Leia hair, a star killer slash Death Star base. Are they just smashing episode four and episode six together? And why marathon all six movies in 2D but end with a 3D The Force Awakens? Why not episodes one through three too? It's strange. I marathon it all in 2D. Don't want to see The Force Awakens in 3D first. Or episodes, or maybe if episodes one through three were also 3D, then maybe. But four through six are on the big screen again. Ah, what to do? <laughs> so, Adrian, if you decided since the tickets are on sale, let us know which one you decided to go. If you did a marathon or if you're just going to go see The Force Awakens on opening night. So let us know what that would you decide to go. Because I was tempting to do a marathon also. But then I started thinking, uh, am I just going to be super drained by the time The Force Awakens actually yeah. starts? So, and then when my theater, my local theater that I was actually going to didn't have a marathon, I figured, okay, I just want to go see it in my local theater and enjoy it. So I passed on it. Did you contemplate that all, Kyle? Or were you just kind of dead set on just The Force Awakens? Oh, no, I was in the same boat. Um, I mean, in fact, I had started telling people a while ago, I was like, I don't usually do these Marvel movie marathons and stuff. But if they do one for Star Wars, I'm so there. Like, I would definitely pay to, you know, see the original trilogy in theaters again and do the whole seven movie marathon and stuff. And then I started thinking about it and I was like, that's going to be a long day. And do I really want to, you know, sit in the theater for that long and then be, you know, that tired and drained when I finally get around to seeing the force awakens. Um, and then when, uh, when they announced what theaters were going to be doing them, I mean, there is one in my city that's doing it, but it's kind of like way across town and, um, the, the theater near me with the IMAX that I was hoping would be doing the marathon. Cause they've done like some of the Marvel marathons and stuff before. Um, that wasn't on the list of theaters that was uh, doing the marathon. So I'm like, eh, I'm probably not going to do that. Um, and then when the tickets actually went on sale and the whole frenzy started and, uh, you know, we couldn't get through to Fandango and all that stuff. I was like, okay, forget the marathon. It's probably sold out already. Anyways, <laughs> I'm just going to try to get the IMAX ticket. So, yeah, so I didn't even think about the marathon when <laughs> everything was crashing or just trying to get tickets. Like just give me the tickets of the force awakens. <laughs> That's all that really matters. But yeah, thanks for the email, Adrian. And then we have one from our loyal listener, Brian Bailey. He says, uh, hey, Tim and Kyle, perhaps it's fortuitous you had a recording malfunction last night. It gave me an extra night to send an email to ask where I would like the sequel trilogy to go. What overall storyline are you hoping for the sequel trilogy? I believe the overall storyline is the Jedi and Sith are two sides of the same coin. They're not separate or different. The Jedi love others. They are content. Selflessness is their motivation. The Sith slash dark side love themselves. They desire more. Selflessness is a driving force in their lives, but the light side and the dark side aren't as black and white, black and white as we used to think. The Jedi aren't pure good, and the dark side aren't pure evil. Every light side user has a dark side. Hubris at war with them. 
every dark side user has a light side hubris fighting to look beyond oneself. So every force user has potential for something great or something tragic. How do, how do you use what is given to you? I think Leia is doing or is going to do something awful out of desire to do something good, compromising her moral code for the greater good, annihilation of one people to protect another, to see her destroy another the race out of fear knowing that her own people were destroyed in a similar way. Likewise, I believe Kylo Ren will be morally right in his mission to continue what Vader started. Villains in real life aren't as clear as you'd want them to be. Rey would be, will be forced to choose to be loyal to her mother slash aunt or choose what is right according to the living force. I believe Snoke will be an ancient dark side user that caused the force users to become 2D Jedi or Sith. Snoke caused the fall of ancient force users. Snoke's image will be a callback to the serpent in the Garden of Eden. Snoke caused the dark crystal to shatter, if you will pardon the analogy. Luke will train Ray about his higher level of force use in episode eight. Okay, that's enough craziness for one emo. What do you agree with? What do you disagree with? Well, Brian, for me, one thing I do agree with and kind of made me think of when we're talking about the Starkiller base situation, like what if Leia is faced with a decision? I think we even talked about this on a previous episode and one of the rumors about what if she's faced with a decision to repeat Alderaan, but yet she's doing it maybe in her mind is an act of good to destroy Starkiller base if it's a living planet. What if there is like native inhabitants on that planet and the only way to destroy it is to wipe out the whole planet. So I think that mm. would be kind of cool if we see her face with a moral decision that could be like harkens back to all of it. Now it's in her, like <laughs> she's the one to make that decision. It's up to her to kind of say if it's okay or not. So I think that can be pretty interesting and like I agree with you too is that Kylo Ren is gonna be like in his own moral mission where he's gonna think he's right and not necessarily be believe it's evil. And I agree too, or I don't think it's gonna be black and white in this not only episode seven, but this whole trilogy too. I think it's gonna be a lot more gray than we've seen before in the Star Wars movie, which can make for real interesting stories and just moments throughout the trilogy. So yeah, it should be cool. So I agree with most of your points in here. Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting to see because um, I mean, we've even had some of these sort of moral shades of gray pop up in Star Wars before, like um, with the prequels, like obviously the Jedi were supposed to be the good guys. Palpatine was supposed to be the bad guy, but they do bring up some good points about, you know, the Jedi having, you know, sort of grown complacent in their yeah. power and the, the Senate having grown corrupt and all that kind of thing. So, I mean, in a way, you know, was Palpatine a good guy? No, but did the galaxy sort of need to hit a refresh button and sort of get rid of some of these old stagnant things? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, you know, what was Palpatine totally wrong in everything that he did at the end of the day? Maybe not. Were the Jedi totally right in everything that they did? Certainly not. Uh, you know, we see that when they kick Ahsoka out, um, and so as far as that, as, as how that's going to play into, uh, this new trilogy, um, I mean, I don't know. It's just something else that's going to be, you know, interesting to watch and see how it all plays out. I mean, as far as Kylo Ren, I mean, I guess right now I kind of have a hard time seeing him as, you know, a, a good guy or somebody who is, uh, you know, maybe morally right or whatever, because, you know, he's trying to carry on Darth Vader's mission of like wiping out the Jedi and all that. Um, but at the same time, you know, like we said, we really don't know much about the plot and the, the backstory and the motivations of the characters and all the things like that just from the trailers that we've seen so far. And I'm sure um, that, like I said earlier, that Kylo Ren is going to end up being a, a very sort of complex and intellectual uh, type of villain and that, you know, I, I'm sure some some different moral questions will play into that. 
Um, so even though right now it's kind of hard to figure how he might be doing things that he thinks are right or for the greater good, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm sure we're going to find that out eventually, um, that it'll give us plenty to chew on and think about. So yeah, I can't wait to see, uh, you know, where all that's going to go. Yeah. And who knows beyond episode seven too, <laughs> more new stuff we might learn about these characters, in particular Kylo Ren too. So yeah. Now, like, as far as Snoke being like an ancient dark side user, um, I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, it, it certainly could be possible. Um, because, well, it's like, what's more believable? The idea that there was someone even more powerful than Palpatine out there the whole time that we just never knew about, or the idea that, you know, Palpatine died, Vader died, and then suddenly some even more powerful dark side user just springs up out of nowhere. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's, well, I was going to say there's more to Snoke that we don't know about. We really don't know anything about Snoke right now. So, um, you know, but um, who knows, maybe Palpatine and Snoke knew each other or knew of each other. And, you know, maybe this is, uh, you know, maybe there'll be a little bit more to, to Snoke as well, as far as like carrying on Palpatine and Vader's legacy and all that sort of thing. So, um, then it goes back to the Plagueis speculation. I still think that'd be a great story aspect to throw in there. Like you said, if anyone's going to be more powerful than Darth Vader or Palpatine, you'd think it would be Palpatine's master, the one who trained him, the one who figured out how to that, teach death. So. That would be so freaking cool. I mean, I've kind of given up on that theory ever since they revealed... I, I mean, I guess ever since they revealed the name Supreme Leader Snoke. But that could be a code name. You know, they could just be telling us that to to kind of throw us off the scent, or that could be a name that he uses for himself, you know, in the story, mm -hmm. and he turns out to actually be Darth Plagueis. I mean, who knows? Exactly. So, yeah, I'm either Plagueis or, and Brian mentioned an Ancient Force user, maybe it's, or Dark Side user, maybe just like the first Dark Side user or something like this. I think it has to be someone of significance. I think Plagueis fits that, or someone who is like the first Sith or the first person to discover the dark side something like that i mean you can go into how he survived later on but i i do agree that has to be some significance to the main villain instead yeah. of someone new just popping up although yeah it's it's interesting like how like i said i haven't really thought about the whole plagueis thing lately but now that we're talking about it again i'm just remembering uh like that comic-con panel and how um, you know, people were asking, or somebody asked a question about it and everyone on the panel just sort of uncomfortably squirmed and tiptoed around it. Um, and for, was it like Pablo Hidalgo who said, uh, you know, some, some other, or he was like Darth Vegas? What? Oh, it or no, it was, yeah, Kasdan, that's what it was. Um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't necessarily rule that out. I'm not betting on it, but I, I think that's still certainly an open possibility at this point. Yeah, same here. I'm not ruling it out at all. But thanks for the email, Brian. And we got another email from Angela Ashby who says, hey guys, so I got some questions and theories for you. My number one question would be, where is Luke? But I imagine you guys will talk about that already. I have a feeling we won't see him until the last few minutes of the film. I also hope he has trained some Jedi, although if he did, I think the Knights of Ren may have killed them all. Have you guys heard all the footage we have seen in trailers has only been from the first third of the movie? If that's true, it would be crazy and awesome. So Leia has a new hairdo. It kind of makes me think of Queen Amidala. Maybe she's a representative in a new Senate. Now time for a little theory, or more of a wouldn't it be interesting if. So what if... Finn ends up not being a Force user, and Rey is a Force user slash potential Jedi. 
but refuses to use that lightsaber because of who it came from. So picture this idea. We go through the movie, Finn and Rey meet up and no sign of either of them being force sensitive. And we get to Kylo Ren chasing after Rey and Finn at some point, And Finn tells Rey to run as Finn stays behind to buy her time. We also see Kylo igniting his broadsaber as we see in the trailer. Finn is scared, starting to back away. Finn does his best against Kylo, but is about to get destroyed when out of nowhere, he is force pushed into a tree and knocked out or force pushed away as Rey runs and grabs the lightsaber from Finn and fights Kylo, narrowly getting away somehow, or Kylo flees, not expecting what just happened. Well, that's all for now. Can't wait to hear your ideas on the trailer, Angel. Well, thanks, Angela, for the theories and questions. And a lot of it is what we kind of speculated as far as when we were discussing the trailer and going back to what you're talking about the moment with Ray and Finn. I mean, we'll see if it pans out that way, like you described, but that's some, like I told you, Kyle, I'm hoping happens where that's the moment where Ray just really realizes she has to embrace her force sensitivity and then just kind of do what she needs to do. And boy, if she, I mean, maybe they're keeping this big secret, but if she ends up taking that lightsaber and she ends up being Luke's daughter and she's using not only her father's, but her grandfather's lightsaber, that would be a major geek out moment too. So something like you described, Angela, and your theory here, I think would be really cool if it pans out that way. Yeah, I I definitely think it's going to end up to where Ray and Finn are both going to take part in that fight against Kylo Ren. Yeah, that's what we talked about, just the way it's all going to end up just so curious of how it's going to happen. It can go a few different ways, but yeah, that's definitely the one I want to see happen where Ray takes center stage and you know she's the one who's going to carry on the legacy of the Force in a way. But then also, as far as Leia goes, I don't think she's going to be a representative in the new Senate. I think she's mainly going to be focusing on the military aspect of the resistance. And Kyle, I know you haven't read uh, Aftermath yet, but there is something that makes me think where she is really going to be needed as far as like being a military strategist or in charge of the resistance. So I think that's what her role is going to be. But I do like your call out where her new hairdo on the poster, it does have a little Amidala feel to that. If that was intentional, that's cool to have a little representation for that, but I don't know if it was. So, um, but yeah, I guess we'll have to see on Leia too, but I think that's where her role is going to be just mainly focusing on the military aspect of the resistance. And- yeah. And then as, as for that speculation about everything that we've seen in the trailers being in the first third of the movie, um, I hadn't heard that, but I don't think that's going to be the case because if that were true, the movie is either going to have terrible pacing and be just <laughs> really rushed, or it's going to be like five hours long, which I don't know that I would necessarily complain about if it was five hours of awesome story, but I don't think most people would want to sit through that. Um, and actually I think they confirmed that the runtime is like two hours and 16 minutes yeah. or something like that. That's been on the, the pre-sale tickets and stuff. Um, yeah, I think where that came from was, I believe it was a Hasbro representative. He was talking about the toys that were released so far, saying that, that those were only from the first third of the movie. And that kind of oh, makes sense. Oh, okay. So, but yeah, I agree. There's too much stuff in that trailer where it's, it all can't be from the first third of it. Because I, I think we're seeing stuff from the final act. With oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think the lightsaber the, stuff <laughs> just in itself. Yeah, I think the first third of the movie will be, I, I mean, just sort of, you know, roughly dividing it up. I think the first third of the movie will be on Jakku. The second third of the movie will be 
the rebel base on you know whatever planet that's on and then them going to Maz Kanata's castle and that whole battle there and then the last third will be the you know everything that happens on the Starkiller base planet yeah not till I see it playing out too so yeah I mean <laughs> but can you just imagine if this was like only the first third it'd be crazy <laughs> that would like, be ridiculous we're speculating now how much would we speculate on almost like another <laughs> half of a movie that right was, and yeah. and the fact that they would be able to keep that much of the story a secret would be some sort of small miracle like yeah you know, <laughs> we'd find out J.J. Abrams has secretly been editing this movie at the Pentagon yeah <laughs> <laughs> you'd have to go there under secret service protection yeah um, I mean, and you know, as much as, as cool as that would be for there to be that much more of the story that we don't know, obviously that'll come, uh, you know, later down the line in, in episodes eight and nine and, you know, can't wait to see where they go from there. I mean, even going back to Brian's email, you know, he asked like, what do we think the overall story for the sequel trilogy is going to be? I have no idea, you know, get back to me on that after, you know, after I've seen episode seven, because we've spent so much time, you know, speculating and theorizing about what happened what might happen just in this movie alone um and you know it's it's so much like hit or miss we don't even know you know what's accurate what's going to actually pan out um and so we kind of gotta at least for me like i want to wait and see how that all pans out first um and then you have a, a starting point to go from um because you know, like, yeah, you, you, I, I can't really speculate on what's going to happen in episodes eight and nine when we don't really know if our speculation for episode seven is even close to on point yet. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when we don't know exactly where Luke's going to fit into all this this yet. So. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, but can't wait to find out. That's for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Well, um, thanks for the email, Angela. I mean, some great speculation and theory stuff as we talked about in the beginning, too, with the trailer. Just so much awesomeness. To, to go through in there and just your mind can't help but wonder with all the possibilities of what can happen not only in this movie but like i said kyle with episodes eight and nine too so yeah yeah and i i promise you guys like once we've seen episode seven maybe we'll do a whole episode of just like the most crazy ridiculous speculation you've ever heard on what might happen in episode eight just like knee-jerk reaction right after we've seen in episode seven okay what do you think's gonna happen in episode eight and we'll just spitball it and then when the movie comes out we'll go back and listen to it and see how ridiculously far off we were but yep. <laughs> i'm like i'm not even thinking that far ahead yet when you know we're just two months away from episode seven like that's where all my focus is right now and on battlefront yeah. and let's the see. old republic and rebels and you know whatever but mostly battlefront yeah let's see how wrong we are with some early episode seven predictions too yeah <laughs> oh to for sure <laughs> yeah but remember then, when we thought the main villains of this movie were gonna be like inquisitors and mandalorians and uh dathomir witches yeah i was about to say the witches too <laughs> yeah although for all we know like all those Knights of Ren guys didn't look like Sith, you know, some of them, I mean, none of them looked like female Knight sisters, but you know, there, there certainly could be some Mandalorians or, or whatever else. Yeah. You they know, could you never know. They could all come from different backgrounds. So maybe there is a yeah. Knight sister in there. Yep. Who knows? Yep. Um, but got one more email. This comes from my co-host from the bat fans podcast, Dane, who chimes in saying, I'm sure you guys, and all your listeners have already said everything there is to say about this trailer. So Pretty I'll say much. that I loved it. <laughs> yeah. And it couldn't have been any better and leave it at that. But I do have a question, though. 
says, let's say it's late 2014, early 2015, and Lucasfilm came to you guys and said, we will let you see the entire movie for early and for free right now. But there's a catch. You can either see a version of the film that has the picture really screwed up without audio, or a version that has really terrible, nearly unintelligible audio without any picture. Which one would you pick? Yeah, I don't know about you, Kyle, but not specifically this scenario, but I had thought about what if someone came or had like, with a very crappy quality of The Force Awakens, the whole the whole movie, would you do it? And I got to say no. I mean, especially now when we're so close, but like Dane said, if it was like early 2015 or late 2015, would that temptation be there? It would be hard, but as far as Dane's options, I would definitely go with the screwed up picture without audio because audio would be something would add so much to it when you see the final movie, but you get a pretty cool idea of some cool scenes if you see some, even though with some screwed up picture quality. So I would go with that way, but I yeah. would like to think I would resist temptation. <laughs> Wait, so so what was his question? Like, would you rather have good audio and bad picture or bad picture and good audio? It's like really screwed up picture with no audio or bad audio and no picture. It's like <laughs> they're almost both bad options. Uh, I think... I would pick C, wait till December 18th, 2015. Because <laughs> um, I'm, I mean, I'm definitely one of those people, like, as a, a filmmaker and, you know, video production guy myself, um, I'm all about trying to get, like, the highest quality version of stuff. And as tempting as it would be, just out of curiosity as a Star Wars fan to, like, want to see it and know what happens. Um, I mean, even if the movie leaked online or something and it was available like in high quality um so that would be i i'd be like you know what now if that happened like a year ago that would be kind of more tempting although obviously you know realistically speaking they wouldn't have a finished version of the movie a year ago because otherwise the movie would have come out a year ago but um you know it's just like even if i had the chance to watch it in high def on my computer screen or something like it's a new Star Wars movie, man. I got to go see that in the theater first with the big screen and the surround sound and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, it, it, as much as it would be hard to, you know, to resist the temptation and, and wait and say no to being able to watch a new Star Wars movie that's right there in front of you. I'm like, I, I got to wait for the the full, you know, best experience possible. Yep. I mean, it for me, it's going to be hard to, because I want to try to avoid TV spots, even if, if they become a lot. Like, there's 20 of them. I want to avoid most of them. But <laughs> that's going to be a hard in itself, just to see any of those snippets of new footage. So can't imagine if, like, there's, like, someone comes in with an early copy <laughs> or something. Like, Here's a Blu-ray I got from Lucasfilm. Here you go. <laughs> not uh, pop it in. I'll but. just be like, tempt me not. Get away. Yeah. <laughs> But I think it's safe to say we probably don't have to worry about that. <laughs> yeah. But so yeah, be, be like that scene with Palpatine and Anakin, like, you want this, don't you? I would <laughs> certainly like to. <laughs> or even, yeah, Luke, you just got to do what Luke does. Turn your back and look out the window. <laughs> yep. Yep. Pick it up and toss it and be like, never. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never spoil The Force Awakens. And then they leave and you go grab it real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah thanks dane for ending our email section on a light-hearted fun note <laughs> seeing if we would see the force awakens that way early but and thanks everyone who sent us the email and responded to the trailer on twitter and facebook so it was great to hear your thoughts on it also yeah definitely thank you guys for chiming in um 
man, I mean, everybody and their mother has been talking about this lately. Um, yeah. I mean, even like for, for the majority of last week, like you go on, you know, Yahoo or CNN or, uh, you know, see friends on Facebook that you didn't even know were Star Wars fans who were posting the trailer and just everybody was talking about it. So, um, yeah, just a, a small taste of what December is going to be like, um, just with the, you know, the hype and the craziness around it and everything. Um, again, you know, we just hope that it lives up to it, but everything we've seen so far has all been pointing in the right direction. So, um, man, just, yeah, it feels like we say this every episode, but it's just a super exciting time to be a Star Wars fan right now. Um, and there we go. We've, we've made it through another super long episode. Um, first trial run with the new recording program and the new headset and luckily nothing has crashed or you know, <laughs> screwed up on us so uh that worked out Hurry up well and end it so it doesn't you don't jinx it and we yeah no I, I watch i've <laughs> jinxed it now and now there's gonna be like minox chewing on the power cables or something um anyway uh but you know thank you guys so much for tuning in hope you've enjoyed all our commentary and speculation and all that kind of stuff um and I'm sure you've all probably enjoyed watching that trailer on repeat a bunch of times, just like we have. Um, as always, you can uh, you know contact us on Facebook and Twitter at facebook.com slash Star Wars The Saga Continues and on Twitter at Star Wars TSC. Uh, you can check out our website at uh, StarWarsTSC.com. And, uh, you know, if you'd like to send us... Uh, thoughts and comments and questions and stuff like all these fine folks who uh, you know sent us in thoughts for this episode. Uh, you can send us email at uh, Star Wars TSC at gmail.com um, as well as also you know giving us your comments on social media and stuff like that. Um, so I think that's gonna do it. It is uh, getting to be just about bedtime here and closing in on you know three and a half hours. But man, it's crazy because like we didn't even talk about that many you know news stories and rumors and stuff like that like we usually do this time around. It was just you know, two hours of trailer dissection and, you know, poster dissection and, you know, a lot of fun, you know, speculation and stuff like that too. So, um, it's been a lot of fun. Hope you guys have enjoyed it. Thanks for coming along for the ride. Uh, we will be back with another episode at some point. I don't know. Uh, you know, at this point, the trailer was kind of the, the last big thing we were looking forward to. Um, well, if if no other big news drops, uh, you know, in the next couple of weeks, I'm sure we'll have to do a Star Wars Battlefront review when that comes out. Oh, definitely. Um, <laughs> but we might have another we might have another episode sometime before then. We'll see what comes our way. Um, but until then, thank you guys for listening. May the force be with you, and we will see you next time. See you next time, everybody. Uh-huh.